0: We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.
1: Don't want to talk about anything house.
0: We
2: don't want to know.
3: We're dedicated to
2: our favorite shows. Oh my tickets! Everybody loves hip hotels. Scary dogs. and at Future Futurama. Good
3: evening. You are listening to a Rattaligan Broadcasting Premiere Podcast. TV party tonight, I'm your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified Mr. Mark Rattledge. and tonight, one last time around, our favorite show is Lucifer, uh, formerly brought to you by Fox, now formerly brought to you by Netflix. We are discussing season six tonight, I am joined by the people who have been with me on this journey all along. First, uh, fresh off the road from her final convention of 2020 that took place in 2021, Alexis Haina. How do you do, madam?
0: Happy to be back.
3: Good so, to have you. Hope
0: you don't mind. I will be eating a little bit of dinner while we're uh, talking.
3: Make sure the camera's on the dinner when you're doing it, and like like close ups and stuff. There we go. It's, a, That's... it's the
0: stuffed peppers. I know you like this. You've asked me to send <coughs> it to you before.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. We um and and I know what your react. I already know what your reaction is going to be when I say this. So it's fine. I'm prepared. I'm prepared for the Alexis brand of humor. But uh, I was was not wearing a shirt earlier. Uh, as I am wont to do about my house, being a man and all. And I go into my bedroom, and I'm like, stupid video podcast, got to put a shirt on now. And my wife goes, you know, why don't you just go shirtless? You could probably get a whole new audience. Like, just tweet <laughs> tweet at the bears on Twitter directly. And I was like, maybe I could be, like, eating soup while shirtless on the thing while discussing Lucifer. Just get a whole... And joining us tonight, also from our Canadian office, both uh, represent. Both representatives, we have Andrew Graham. How do you do, sir? Doing good, Mark. How are you doing? <laughs> and that disembodied head you see in the corner on the video is David Wright. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. I would
1: like to welcome everyone to our shared hell here. I mean, there's an awful <laughs> lot of you out there, so, I, so I'd so say let's uh, get everyone organized into groups. So, you know, murderers over there, rapists up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, you know,
0: Rowan Atkinson. Yeah,
1: atheists. I bet you're feeling a bunch of twits right now. Christians, sorry, the Jews, the Jews were, were
0: right.
4: <coughs> People who think the schedule is going to stay in one place, sorry, Mark. <laughs> I, I uh, we, my Remember, wife. Remember, I...
0: there are no bathrooms. It's eternity without relief.
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, the
1: the Gambit movie over there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, mark that square in your bingo card, everybody. Um, yeah, I've sort of I, I have learned to live with the ever evolving schedule. It doesn't upset me like it used to. Um, I'm, I'm trying I'm doing a lot of doing a lot of yoga doing a lot of Zen Anyway, no, what just- upsets him now
0: is forgetting what beanie babies are yeah. Well,
3: I mean the schedule
1: has taught you about impermanence, which is an important Buddhist uh, concept
3: be, be like water. All right.
1: So That's Taoism, into- but moving on
3: <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> care <laughs> That's my yeah, Contrary case. to
1: popular belief, Blushley did not invent that. That was Lao
3: Tzu who did it like 20,000 years before So Loki Um, let's get into, (laughs) (laughs) let's get into Lucifer. Uh, when we last left Lucifer, he was God. Uh, he, um, Chloe had been killed and was resurrected like you do. Uh, he won a war for the throne of God and, uh, it was okay. Like what next? And I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there for consumption for thought. I, I really wish the show had just ended there. Like he became God. I mean, I like the way that's... I'll, I'll give this away now. Why not? I've already talked about it on Twitter. I like the way season six ends. I think the final episode is very strong. And I like and I liked how everyone resolved their various threads and angles. But getting there was a bit of a journey. And for that sake, I'm glad we had the one season to get there. But um, I, I really feel like the show... Andrew overstayed its welcome one season too long. I kinda wish we had bailed out on season at the end of season five. B. What do you think?
4: I think I like most of the the arc that they laid out over the uh, the you know the course of season six. I think I agree, and we'll get into this a little bit more. There is probably a little bit of fat that they 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 put on this one. They mm-hmm. probably could have done it in probably one to two episodes less than it ended up being. But having a having kind of a ten episode arc kind of dedicated to to resolving the whole storyline and all the storylines basically I thought was uh, was quite good. So I, I'm really happy with the way, we're going to do it more, but I think I'm really happy with uh, with the way they ended it, that ending a fairly long-running TV show is always a challenge. Looking at you, How I Met Your Mother, and these guys <laughs> did it pretty well.
3: <laughs> well, you want to talk about a show that does not stick the landing. Oh, um, Game of no.
0: Thrones, Dexter, How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> Sabrina.
3: Yeah, a bit of a trend. Uh, what about you, Dave? Stay too long, or just right, or you know, was there somebody sleeping in your bed? We're doing the three bears. What do you think?
1: Uh, I'm I'm kind of close to Andrew with that. Is I think having it end at the end of season five proper with Lucifer becoming God? Yeah, uh, you know, like Lucifer's character it's still like you don't really see him as being God at that point. Like his reasons tend to be rather self centered, mm-hmm. as opposed to selfless, which is something that you would expect in for for God to have. So certainly diving into that a bit, I think they did need to spend a bit of time exploring that. It it was good grist for the mill. Mm -hmm. I I did find it interesting how there were only like two murder mysteries in the entire season. Like the writers have officially given up on the procedural. I have thoughts. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was just, if you like celestial drama, oh boy, this is the season for you.
3: Yeah. If you like a, if you like a cop show where they solve mysteries, consider watching law and order. Alexis. We're both.
4: We mentioned five times.
3: <laughs> yes. Um, final thoughts here on on the subject matter, and then we'll get into the first episode.
0: It's both yes and no for me because on one hand, we really got some great character development and some great wrap ups for so many of the characters. It's not, one of the things that I've complained about a lot on various shows we reviewed is that. When they get to the finale the creators tend to be oh yeah that's right we probably should wrap up all these other characters i'll forget it we don't have to pay attention to them and we're all saying they're going you spent so long developing all these other characters but now we're not going to get them wrapped up and i love that they did that but on the other hand we had to suffer through nine episodes with arguably the most annoying <laughs> character in the history of mankind rory
3: i have thoughts. Um, so. I said this. To you, yeah, I'm sorry. I said
0: this to you earlier, Mark, but I stand mm-hmm. by it. She's fan fiction. <laughs> you get this cool punk rock bisexual with pink stripes in her hair, and she's the devil's darn. She's got the red wings that act as weapons, and I'm and literally I'm original character.
1: Going. Do not steal.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sitting here going, okay, who inserted their fan fiction into season six?
3: So I didn't know what you meant by fan fiction, but now that you've explained it a little bit, I kind of get it. And I think the better, I won't say better. Uh, I think I, I, a, a more accurate um, word for this would be Poochie. She, what is Poochie doing much. right now? Uh, you don't She think returned to so? her
4: own timeline.
0: Uh, literally. <laughs> ahead, get,
4: just get to it because I definitely have thoughts too.
3: All right, let's do it. Episode one, nothing ever changes around here. And how. Uh, And this was actually directed by Kevin Alejandro, who um, plays What's-His-Nuts. What's-His-Nuts. Come on, Uh, help me. Daniel. Detective douche. That's the one. Detective
0: douche, yeah. All
3: right. So Lucifer and Chloe become murder witnesses of Jared Holbrook, who was mysteriously murdered during the last performance of Magnar the Magician, Jared's mentor, who was going to pass on his mental LAPD, Ella and Dan's replacement, Carol... (laughs) who has a crush on Ella arrived to investigate the scene, just as Lucifer and Chloe's investigation was about to get concluded. Magnor's son, Alan is revealed to be the killer. He holds Chloe at knife point and takes her to a secret passage. Chloe knocks him out with her super strength. She got from a necklace piece. Meanwhile, in the back cave, Eve and maze prepare to go to hell. However, after an argument between the two maze reveals, she doesn't want to return with Eve supporting her decision and the two get engaged like you do. In hell, a mysterious female angel approaches Michael, asking how to kill Lucifer. However, she is approached by a demon nurse who informs her that Dan was the only human that had almost killed Lucifer.
0: Okay, Um, am I wrong? I saw that earlier, but I think that actually happens in the next episode. I think who wrote the Wikipedia got confused.
3: It's entirely Yeah, first episode ends with teasing her boots on the throne. Second episode is she talks to... Now that you mentioned it, that's correct. Um, Here's what I'll say about this. Storm Start, for me, in that as, you, as per usual, Lucifer doesn't want to do what he said he was going to do, and he's putting it off, and he's struggling, and he's having self-doubt, all the things we love about Lucifer in this show. But more than that, the thing that hooked me initially, Alexis, was that this was two goofy characters solving murders like you do. And I was really afraid, and eventually they do just utterly get away from that. But at least we started there. So, I, so good start so far. What did you think?
0: Did enjoy it. Uh, the Magicians Club was a really cool setting. I enjoyed that. I like the idea that Chloe cannot turn off her detective skills, that she's there. She is officially resigned from the LAPD, and multiple times she has to be reminded, uh, you cannot be part of this investigation. Yes. And it's it's a really good build to her character that she just is unable to turn off that part of herself. You know, that's who she is and what she does. And she's so freaking good at it and i do like we get the new character carol who doesn't really stay around i mean <coughs> we see he's last to the end of the season but he's not as big of a presence uh the, the show was wise not to really throw him in uh and like hardball at the end of the season but he's not a bad guy and i was so worried that he was gonna be you know it's like you resigned you're stepping on my toes you need to back off no he doesn't do that he admits he, he he reprimands her, but then he goes. But I could really use your input on this. So you want to talk to me as a, you know as a private citizen and let me pick your brain? We can do that. He's basically like you know he's not being a dick about height. <laughs> Cleo's cameo, ladies and gentlemen.
3: I really like the Carol character. I'm going to let you finish your point, but I wanted to interject here and then go to Andrew <laughs> that. You know, Robert and Andrew, you heard. You've already heard the show. We were talking about how male characters are written in Hollywood, and it's frustrating because you know they they tend to to a handful of tropes, and you don't really get a you don't really get decent written male characters. And Carol might be one of the best male characters I've seen written that's relatively human <laughs> in quite some time. Like he's just a decent dude, just you know struggling with all the things we all struggle with in life. But he isn't so far to one side to make him like a caricature of of being a man uh did you want to have did you want anything else alexis
0: um i can't remember did we see yeah we did see dan in hell at the in this episode right
3: yeah he's playing ping pong if i remember correctly
0: yeah again i think that's kind of a cool idea that you know he's in hell but Uh, lucifer has specifically said look i've instructed my demons they're not to torture you so he's basically he's not in hell he's in his own purgatory but lucifer says and says i can't get you out and there's a really great concept the argument of free will and what lucifer can and cannot do as the lord of hell and again i like that the idea that you have to get yourself out you can't just get on the good side of angels or whatever, and they can just snap their fingers and send you to heaven.
3: Yep. Andrew, um, we're talking about Carol, uh, we talked about various issues with this episode. What'd you think?
4: Um, I was a really strong start of the season. I mean, definitely changes, but also kind of maintains a lot of the, the status quo of the series. I did like kind of the setup with the magic club being in there and this apparently being one of Lucifer's favorite places. Cause it's somewhere as somebody who cannot lie gets to see deception and everyone's kind of in on the gag. Yeah, And then of course, Chloe trying to figure everything out as they go, but it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting one. I was probably a little bit worried that we were going to get into still mystery of the week with Chloe, not being a detective and her not, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, interfering with the investigations the entire time. And they kind of figured out a way to work around that. So, you know, that was good. I mean, the, the mystery of the week was the mystery of the week. Um, It was a good introduction for, uh, for Carol to kind of see his dynamic with, uh, with everybody around there. Um, You know, the conversation between Mace and Eve was good and and Linda just proving that she is the greatest, um, greatest uh, therapist in all creation.
3: Yep. Uh, David, rounding out episode one here, what'd you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of what's been said. Yeah, I was concerned that they would have all these contrivances for Chloe still being a detective after quitting. You know, it's like, I don't know if any of you have watched Castle, but it was, it's, it's like that for a few seasons where, you know, the end of the previous season, Castle's kicked off the consulting detective thing, and now there are all these contrived reasons for why he keeps on showing up during every case before they Switching mm-hmm. back to the status quo, where I'm just like, just, just have him come back at the beginning of the next season. It's it's a procedural cop show. I'm not expecting, you know, The Wire here. <laughs>
3: and Mark, your center square, cards. everyone. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Now you know what it feels like, Mark. Uh, feels great. Yeah. Do, do it again. <laughs> the Wire. Oh, Andrew, that reminds me. You asked me to put a drop in for The Wire, and I'm really struggling with what with which one. There's so <laughs> many good ones. I've spent an entire hour where I was at the time and just going through YouTube clips trying to find like a really fun a really good one uh anyway we'll, we'll discuss yeah. it. we'll have a, we'll have a meeting
4: maybe anyway. you come for the king you, you dare not miss or, or what's the whatever the
3: yeah you, you, you come for the you come for the king you best not miss that's that's high on my list all right um all right. yeah so, um, yeah, so yeah, Carol
1: thought he was you know it, it's nice when people are written like they're people yes like like actual rational decent flawed but doing yeah. their best people and yeah it makes sense like i'm sure there are rules for having civilians involved with police investigations, so he has to keep that barrier up but at the same time yeah it's like yeah yeah you're a brilliant detective i'd be a fool not to pick your brain about this case uh the only one thing that i think we haven't talked about much is y- eve and uh, Maze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, I kind of like the sort of going back on Maze wanting to be Queen of Hell. I thought that was kind of a nice, oh, good, we don't have to do that. And we kind of got Maze's main struggles out of the way. It was like, oh, great. Maze is upset about something else now.
3: <laughs> what's, what's
1: Maze mad about this week? Yeah, it's like, I have a soul. Yay. And then, the, oh, but that means I can go to hell if I die. It's like, but like. You, you know that the system works like just a general thing is like once everyone all the mortals know that god is real heaven and hell exist why are we afraid of death all of a sudden still yeah. it's like you know it's like chloe's been to heaven <laughs> it's like this isn't scary anymore you know as, as we like the like, spoiler for when we get to the end of the show it's like i'm going to leave you and it's like uh, dude like i'm an angel i can just fly up and see you anytime like, right
3: I, uh, I like the Maze character, and I think her arc this season is, is worthy of good storytelling. But um, I did struggle with her over the course of six seasons. She was very frustratingly written. They mm. were wise to cool her off for this yeah, season. For sure.
0: We just um,
4: really needed Constantine to show up and fix whatever problem they alluded to in that cameo. No more crossovers.
0: Um, seriously though anyone else a little upset that we didn't get our Constantine cameo at all in this series I was looking forward to that I'm going to
3: go ahead and be the asshole on this podcast I know shock to everyone especially Alexis but no I'm fine (laughs) with it stay in your own
4: fucking shows Um, as long as Ezra Ezra Miller didn't show up as the fucking Flash I think we're fine
2: (laughs) agreed
1: I, I I think we're all very grateful that you didn't give any career advice to Kevin Feige (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, that, like, one thing where it was reasonable is fine. Every other thing on Earth... Why don't you just have Luke Skywalker in there, and he could be battling gods with his green lightsaber? Ugh. Anyway. And Star Wars
4: um, fans would still think that underpowered him.
3: <laughs> episode two. bucket to of baggage. <laughs> While investigating the murder of a drag queen, Ella and Carol develop an attraction for each other. But after her experience with Pete... Ella has trust issues like you would. Yeah, Together, love, what
0: is the line uh, Lucifer says? You have Pete TSD.
3: <laughs> hey, hang on. God damn it now. There it is. Maze uh, is like,
1: torturing people is my job. Stay in your lane. <laughs>
3: Together with Chloe, she steals Carol's personnel file and discovers a one-year unexplained absence from the police to find out more. She and Lucifer, who is still postponing him becoming God, break into Carol's home and learn that he is a recovering alcoholic. Ella confesses her investigations to Carol, and they go on a date together like you would. Meanwhile, Dan is approached by the unknown female angel who offers to fly him back to Earth if he tells her how he almost killed Lucifer. Ella then sees a frog falling from the sky and lands on her car after her date with Carol. Can I tell you the Ella thinking the world is coming to an end and their allusion to plagues and whatnot um, was was for me one of the more fun things about this season. Like, I wasn't sure how they were going to pay it off. And when they finally did pay it off, I was fine with the explanation. But that I got a kick out of David. I, I really enjoyed. Like, I when the when the one frog fell, I'm like, ooh, where is this going? You know, I kept waiting for Locust to show up. Um, other than that, yeah. I think Ella and... Um, Ella and what's his name? Carol? Carol. Ella and Carol I thought were a cute couple and I was glad that they got got to the end of the issue with them really quickly and they were able to move on and what what goes on with Ella for the rest of this season is some really like when she when when she finally discovers that they all have been lying to her which we'll get to is some of the best stuff of this season and uh, I just love the Ella character. Anyway, your thoughts on episode 2? Uh, I guess I'm am I, am I the one starting? You didn't designate it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting with a different person every round, so everyone yeah. gets an opportunity.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Episode two. Uh. Yeah. Like, like sorting, getting the Ella Carroll thing sorted out. Like, one thing I gotta like about this season is because it is the last season, they just get to the point. Yeah. You know, no, no, no season long. Will they? Won't they? Okay, yeah. they finally figured out the end. It's like, okay, we're dealing with this issue. Okay, we got through it. <laughs> Elle is willing to to date Carol now. Uh, yeah, her her godboard secretly
3: <laughs> hidden away in the. <laughs> it's her to it turn into Charlie. I think it is from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know that meme. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was
1: just so like I like. Oh, she better be like putting string and pins by the end of this, but uh, we didn't get that. Though so I, I did like as it as it goes through. Like there's little funny notes about you know more socks going missing and stuff like that. Like I, so, someone had a lot of fun with that. Uh, yeah. So so that was
4: uh,
1: that was a good bit there. Yeah.
4: Ask a quick quick question. Was that the first appearance of that board, or was that something that they just dropped in this season? Because I can't remember it beforehand.
1: I don't think she had the board itself.
0: That kind of threw me for a loop. I kind of wish they had sprinkled in a little bit more of Ella wondering what's going on, and then all of a sudden she's got a board, and it actually says, like, actual devil on it. I'm like, okay, Ella, we know that you've been around Lucifer and everything all this time, but why are you just now putting the dots together? They didn't is-
3: allude to this in season five B or A that she was starting to suspect funny business. I, I don't thought think did. so. Okay. No, I- not,
0: not
1: directly. It was, she was having like a crisis of faith regarding mm-hmm. the whole PTSD and, you know, she meets God and he gives her the best hug and, you know, like comforts her, but, you know, you are the brightest light. I can see you from heaven sort of thing. So I think that might've sort of flipped the switch that, okay, there's something divine here and then she's talking with Amenadiel at the beginning of the season about how I'm like I'm still praying to God but I I don't feel like there's anyone on the other side of the line.
3: And, yeah, his, uh, his, yeah, his dramatic reaction to that of like he knows why no one's yeah.
0: <laughs> because there
3: is no yeah. one
0: there.
3: <laughs> it's like oh yeah wonderful weather we're having you know That's yeah I mean. but I
1: do I do appreciate that Lucifer's motivations now are like am I really worthy to be God? How can I be like, a better God than my father? And him, him trying to work through those issues before ascending the throne. Like I need to learn how to love everyone, and oh, yeah. be there very, for
3: everyone. Very much like a King Arthur thing, Andrew. You know, like the, the, I am, I, I have just been ascended into this role, and I and I don't know if it's for me, and I don't know if I'm worthy of it, and there's so much self doubt. But also, is there any other sort of meditation? Is there any other way to lead than the way that was led before? You know what I mean? And I thought that was some very all very interesting aspects of the season.
4: Definitely. And I think we saw a um, a change in the way that Lucifer kind of approached things. Because I think when you were looking at him and he does kind of the classic, classic Lucifer trope of goes to Linda, gets advice, takes the wrong lesson from it, and then enthusiastically tries to put that lesson into into action. Yeah. But in previous seasons, that was very much about solely benefiting him Yeah. and trying to address whatever... Whatever need he or whatever want he had at the time. Now he's coming into this role. He thinks he's going to be God, and now he's realizing that these are things that I need to do to improve myself to make sure that I am effective when I become God. So
1: yeah, I mean, this is what he's wanted the whole time. Like this whole thing got started when he you know tried to take over heaven. Like he led Mm -hmm. a rebellion, and now and now he's won basically. Not in the way he had anticipated at the time, but you know he now is God, and now instead of focusing so much on getting to be God, now he's like, oh, wait, I actually am
3: God. Well, geez, now do I do? I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Any other thoughts on episode two, Andrew?
4: Um, really enjoyed this one. I think everything that were, uh everything between Ella and Carol worked really well. Awesome. Also, great super cop reference. Um, <laughs> the cop that Do you can't want to watch Supercop or Bad Boys 2? What no, I mean, which one do you for? want to watch first? <laughs> exactly. There we go, a little hot fuzz in there. Um, everything worked really well. I actually kind of like, I got some extra information on the, um, on the, the case of the week from my, from my wife, mm-hmm. the primary character that we're dealing with, uh, one of the drag Queens who, um, who gets to do the big musical number with, uh, with Lucifer was actually on an episode or actually on a season of apparently RuPaul's drag race. And apparently the, the arc of that character was very similar to what the- that person went through on this show. The
3: Emmy Award-winning RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, yeah, it
0: According is. to this, uh, Bob the Drag Queen, who appeared as Busty, won season eight of uh, nice. Drag Race. So, you know, right. good for them. And that was one yep. of the more
4: fun musical numbers we've had on this show, and that's saying something. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. like they were going
0: to pass up an opportunity to have Tom Ellis sing.
4: Again. They did a little less of that this season. Like, I think we only got a couple of really good piano numbers, but we'll, we'll talk about the one I... Later that I do have issue with, but I mean I they kind of loaded really all the musicals
1: episode. into one episode last season, so <laughs> That's you know
0: true. maybe they were saying, okay, I think we've had enough musicals now. Thank you.
3: I don't think Tom Ellis Got, has a totally bad it. voice, but they really do need they they do need to like selectively pick his music because like, he can't just sing everything, and some of this stuff sounded a little pitchy, Alexis. But uh, tell me about your thoughts on episode two.
0: Uh didn't really have a lot of complaints about it. Um, uh, again, I really did enjoy the music number between uh, Busty and Lucifer. That was really well done. I always love. Again, I love seeing Tom Mills get to show off his singing talents.
1: though so I do. I, have, I do I've have one complaint next here. To me.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, 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 you're doing a show where you have like a musical devil, and never once does he play a fiddle.
0: <laughs> Didn't you bring that up in the last season's review? I'm not
1: sure. I can't remember all my jokes, but if, if so, I did. I did good there.
3: I mean, look, what with the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network without running gags? Uh, any other thoughts on, season, <laughs> on you, episodes?
0: <laughs> Again, I'm really glad that we have the thing with Carol and Ella and the fact that Ella actually admits to Carol what she mm-hmm. did, that she investigated him. Uh, he confesses about being in rehab for the year. Not that unheard of for detectives who spend that much time in Vice. Mm-hmm. You know, so very believable uh, what he's going through. And that he doesn't get all high and mighty against Ellie. He's just like you—you broke into my apartment. You—you looked at my private chest. No, he understands. He gets her trust issues, and he's willing to work with her on it. And I really like how they developed him.
3: Yeah, they didn't have that hackneyed Hollywood scene of him having to walk solemnly in the rain, you know, as he thinks about the betrayal. But then he wakes up the next morning and he's over it. Like it was just—they wrote him like an adult. It was nice. Episode three, Um, Yabba Dabba Do Me. (laughs) That's the first time I'm reading that. Hey, now. Lucifer decides to help people he hates in order to become God. Oh, this is a great episode. He then finds Jimmy Barnes, the murderer from the pilot, in hell. Lucifer and Chloe leave for hell together, and Dan and the angel arrive, and the angel tells him that he is a ghost, and no human can see him, and he can't touch anything. Lucifer and Chloe find Jimmy's hell loop, Lucifer and Chloe find out Jimmy's mother left him in childhood, and Lucifer realizes right. the pain behind Jimmy's mistakes. Maze pretends to be a criminal to help him in a deal. Succeed in his training as a police officer with his FTO Sonia Harris. When Lucifer comes back to Earth, Dan warns him to go away, but the angel pins Lucifer to the wall, and she tells him she is his daughter. Uh, I love this episode, especially because it pay- you know it gets paid off. This i this idea of hell needs a healer, not a torturer. Is paid off later in the best way possible. Also, um, this was Alexis. This was a a really fun. Uh, they don't. They're not afraid to do goofy shit with this show. And having an animated, partially animated episode and playing with those tropes and you know doing sort of the uh, the Warner Brothers type, uh, you know Tex Avery kind of humor with it was all very fun. You know, it 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 deals with some very serious things, and it certainly has some sad and serious episodes to it. But then there's stuff like this to counterbalance. And that's sort of the strength of the writing of the show, I think.
0: Absolutely. And I knew you were going to go to me for the animated part. Uh, they try, they establish uh, later on in the episode that uh, Jimmy's con- his comfort as a child was animation. In fact, I believe it was wacky races was mm-hmm. what he was watching. So they tried to emulate this animated world, that uh, lucifer and chloe find themselves in on a very classic hanna Barbera style which was fun we get some great homages with the slapstick humor which is a lot of fun i like the little detail that lucifer's animated self his hair is sticking out a little bit to look like devil horns (laughs) that was a nice touch this does bring up one more thing again the whole thing with rory that pisses me off so much starts with her with right here that she brings dan out of hell but he's a ghost Mm -hmm. and he still not only can he not ascend to heaven yet but he is stuck in a world where only celestial beings can see him or hear him and Rory never gets reprimanded for this Mm. she I, I mean call me crazy but I think being stuck in a world where you can't comfort the ones you love or talk to anyone else is a bigger torture than just waiting around in hell. Oh, I just like, say,
1: take me back to hell. It's better than this. He says that multiple yep. times,
0: and yeah, Rory never gets reprimanded for this. There's multiple times where you know Dan finds out who she is and everything, and he's like, and he never says like, "Oh, I'm sorry. You mean that bitch who screwed me over and made <laughs> me a ghost? I don't care if she's Lucifer's daughter. That is so." So horrible what she did. I don't just piss me off that nothing ever comes of it for her.
3: I don't disagree with you in the sense that someone should have addressed it with her, like, hey, this is not appropriate behavior. Considering how they use it to bring Dan along on his arc, David, you know, and how it's resolved at the end of the season, I thought it. I think it was like, we'll we'll, we'll take the hit on this one and just kind of leave it alone because we're going to do so much with it in Dan's character, and it's going to pay off so well that it kind of makes the whole thing okay. At least that's that's what I think. What do you think?
1: Uh, Well, in regards to Dan being a ghost and not being able to touch everything, every time they mention that, I'm like, why does he fall through the floor? (laughs) There has I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, a, I have to be that guy, but just yeah, like, just I know magic,
3: space, and for all eternity. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> for some reason look the look bottom far. of your
1: feet seem to work. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I know it's there it's magic. Be,
0: there has to be a limit, otherwise, yeah, yeah it's going to just repeatedly fall through the earth.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the, this is the doorway to to a lot of deep, crazy questions that are do not belong in this podcast. And yeah, we have gods and demons and angels and all that, like. Does this is this really what you want to get worked up I, on? But it was it was just there that one little nagging thing in the back of my mind. But I believe it was I, our
3: I, I believe it was our Lord and Savior Saint Hawkeye who said, "Um, there's a there's a bunch of flying robots around, and I've got a bow and arrow. None of this none makes of any this sense. makes any sense.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, so so yeah,
1: t- taking my Mister Wizard hat off now that I've <laughs> checked that box. Uh, yeah, like I, I do like how it sets up that. Uh, to kind of get into a bit spoilers for later, you know, like like the one thing that he actually needs to do to mm-hmm. deal with his guilt is the one thing that he's the most afraid of doing whilst being a ghost, which is you know seeing Trixie. Yeah, and uh, and dealing with that, uh, you know, that that, that that was a good, yeah, good payoff in the end, and and an arc for his character. Uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah,
3: m- most of my comments regarding uh, Rory, I think I might say for the next episode. Yeah, we need to start talking about Rory, but not not. I, I want a more. This this is an important episode in, in Andrew, in that this is what this, this is the thing that gets Lucifer on the path to his own kind of personal redemption and finding himself and finding the worthiness and the mission. Um, it, you know, this is the beginning of him getting the answers to all the questions by the end of the series. Yeah, a lot so of setup really in this important. episode. This is really important stuff here. Handle in the most goofiest way possible, Andrew.
4: It did, and it did that. It did that really fine. I'm going to call it the the James Gunn trick mm-hmm. of doing really, really kind of light, goofy, airy stuff, and mm-hmm. then it want when it wants to hit you in the gut, it does. Sure. Because when you go through kind of the setup of oh yeah, this is really goofy, and Lucifer's chin looks like a butt. We'll talk about its character design later. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's all worth a laugh and everything like that. But as it continues to drill down, it's like. This is dri- dealing with, you know, real trauma. And this is somebody who, who, you know, suffered in their life and then caused other people to suffer. But when you get to that scene of him reliving mm-hmm. the moment, his mother walks away and walks out on him mm-hmm. and you just see his pain and you see everybody else. And then you see, and this is going to get into
0: services coming to pick him up. That, that was yep. haunting the, the kids screaming. I have to stay here. or My mom won't find me. Yeah.
4: And you see that affecting Lucifer when you go to what his psychology is and how he approaches things. And I'm going to get to that a lot more once we talk about kind of the main arc for the rest of the rest of the season. But when you see all those kind of bits of, I think, genuine, well-thought-out character interaction, that scene really hits. I mean, this is, I'm not going to lie, this is a really strong episode.
3: Agreed. All right, episode number four, uh, Pin the Tail on the Daddy. These are some wonderful names. (laughs) <laughs> refusing to accept that the angel is his daughter. <laughs> Lucifer. We'll get into her. that. Yep, Lucifer dismisses her and she leaves in anger. He then goes on a mission to find all the women from his past. He had sex with like these fucking Wilt Chamberlain over here. Um, but none claim the child to be theirs. Meanwhile, Dan fails to get Ella to see him, but he succeeds in getting a man a deal maze to see him. Lucifer finds a rabbi named Esther, whose daughter is Mira disappeared five years previously Lucifer suspects that Mira is the angel. However, they find out that Mira was kept hostage at a camp, but she escaped to her biological father, and it is revealed that Mira isn't the angel. Lucifer is relieved after this, but is then worried that the angel is his actual daughter. The angel then finds Chloe and hugs her happily, and the angel calls Chloe her mother. Um, Yeah, this episode is kind of... It's whatever. Uh, I think the only thing I really had to say about this was... Um, the, uh, so this side quest, this thing, you know, with, with Mira, I, uh, I really wasn't into, um, I mean, it was, it was fine, I guess, like him and Chloe going on this mission and them saving the day and saving all of these girls and whatnot. And there's definitely some funny interactions with Lucifer and some of the women that he's been with, but it, um, it definitely felt like filler, you know, uh, if it just felt like, you know, we got to get to 10 episodes and, you know, we're we're really drawing out his dealing with his daughter, you know, and that like, that was one thing I want to touch on. It's like, Lucifer has come so far from where we found him in season one. And yet he still sometimes just makes these really rash and stupid decisions, especially when it comes to interacting with other people. And so there's this girl who says, I'm your daughter. And and, and everything else and you know and not Look, we're living in a world of living gods and the, the possibility that he might have a daughter who time traveled you know, like he won't accept it it's like come on man i i think sometimes they write lucifer a little too stupid for you know for everything else that we've established about this character andrew i just i i don't remember what order i'm doing this in anymore i'm just calling out people at random now <laughs> um, so i i do feel like sometimes they have to kind of homer homer lucifer down in order to create conflict. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if they quite homer him. I think they definitely revert him a little bit. Mm -hmm. They take him back to some of his previous, you know, behaviors and things like that, where he does go into this very impulsive mode and, and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I think they still set it up where he's now trying to do it with a little bit better intentions, but I think you're, I think you're right on, on that count. I mean, in Mm -hmm. terms of the episode, yeah, it's, it's definitely filler. I'd kind of call it well done filler cause it's kinetic and you move sure. around a little bit. You don't feel like you're staying in place. No, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a filler episode, but well executed filler.
3: Anything else about the episode
4: you want to talk about? Uh, I'm trying to think on that one. I guess we get into, Oh, the fun of, uh, I'm going to have one gripe for the remainder of this season with a few exceptions. The, the Dan as ghost and comedy of errors thing <laughs> does not grow does not last very long
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh particularly with the i don't know why it didn't work with the deal episodes as much uh may's ignoring him and then oh yeah i heard you the whole time was pretty funny though oh yeah.
3: The, yeah the the amount of shit these characters give each other on any at any given time is one of the big draws for me alexis your thoughts on this episode
0: tell me i'm not the only one who laughed at the csi miami joke
4: i missed that one whenever yeah,
0: he's down in miami and he puts the glasses on delivers the punchline you actually hear the start of "Won't we'll get fooled again
1: <laughs> oh i totally missed that but that is brilliant oh, oh yeah oh
0: my god i love that ow stop scratching me dog uh no this i wouldn't call it a filler episode i call it a connect the dots episode this is there. What it needs to happen. What needed to happen in this episode wasn't a lot of action or anything. It was simply set up for the next. It's like okay, we have something laid here. We need the characters to get from point A to point B. So that's kind of what this was. And yeah, it was a little boring. Um, it was great to see uh, Chloe and Lucifer kicking ass at the farm, though. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also do, I I will admit, I do really like the story arc with Chloe getting addicted to the power from Momenadiel's necklace. The idea that she's now got the super strength that she really doesn't want to let it go. So.
3: Yeah, I I actually, now that you bring it up, I'm I'm remembering it. I actually really like that about it too. You know, given all the things that have happened to her over the course of the previous five seasons, her feeling, you know, her, her having this physical power in addition to her own talents and whatnot. Yeah, it, it absolu- I could absolutely buy that. And I think the actress does a really good job of sort of, you know, and, you know, portraying somebody who when they suddenly are bestowed all of, you know, all of this strength and power and not wanting to give it up and how it might change your your mentality almost. Um, you know, you, you made the joke about the, the Ring of Doom and Precious and all of that. I mean, it, it can be a real thing when you suddenly... Have something that makes you, you know, more powerful than you were before, and you're loath to give it up. Um, what else did you want to add, Dave?
1: Uh, yeah, I'd also add that as for Amanadeal's necklace, this is like a celestial item, you know, mm-hmm. not meant for the for the use of mortals. So <laughs> yeah, for Manideal, probably you know, it's no no biggie. But yeah, you, you just don't know what effects it would have on uh, a mortal human. So that could sure. also be messing with sure. Chloe a bit. But uh, but I, I do kind of like how. You know, Lucifer has progressed as a character, but at the same time, he is—he's like his root issues are his his daddy issues, and mm-hmm. now he's at the point where it's like I'm becoming my dad,
2: mm-hmm. sort of
1: thing. Yep. So it's like him struggling with it from that perspective. So at least it's not the same thing over and over. It's it's a different facet of that thing that he has not yet dealt with. So I do like how how he does progress along, but uh, that all being said, this episode could have been like completely cut from this show with just four words. Mm-hmm. I'm from the future.
0: Hey <laughs> <You laughs> you know? guys, uh, I'll be right back. Cleo's pawn sure. at the door. I'm going to go let her out before she destroys my carpet. Good moment. Ep- yeah. Yeah.
3: Episode
4: 5. Uh, oh, can I have one more thing on,
0: oh, on yeah, real quick? Yeah,
4: please. Um, I'd say on the one hand, I mean, it definitely establishes yeah. that, you know, the power of Amenadol's necklace from a point of view of it being celestial and it being that power is addicting. You're also putting that into a you're giving that to a character who on some level is trying to redefine themselves right now. Mm-hmm. She's no longer a detective. She no longer has that position of authority anymore. And she's not quite sure what she's going to do if, and when she gets to heaven. So she's kind of, and she's kind of stuck in the middle waiting for Lucifer to ascend. So something like that is something to, to kind of fill the gap in the meantime.
3: Absolutely. You know, the other thing about this and, and this leads into the next episode is so you, when you meet, who will know to become rory you know it, it's it this almost felt like season what was it three with kane like oh fuck we got another villain here you know a season-long villain who's trying to kill lucifer or take over heaven or start a taco stand or whatever the oh, mission yeah. well, objective I, is. Saw the
2: trailer, I
1: was like oh great another evil angel from lucifer's past has come yeah, to mess with him like, we, like- we've done this so I was, I was quite happy in the end that rory didn't turn into like a reoccurring
3: yeah. villain but and and I that's what I was afraid of. Um, but even so, we still don't start off on the world's greatest footwear because you know she's so angsty, and she's so mad at Lucifer, and every you know she and hang she, on, she leaps to conclusions. Wonder where she gets that from. Well, you know what the problem with Rory is, right? She's like this character.
2: It was all me, James. It's always been me, the author
0: of all your pain.
3: It's like the same beat over and over and over again with Lucifer. Everything you've ever done ruined my life until the very end when she finally figures out. Hey, wait a minute! Um, I think
0: those of us who have seen Deadpool and Deadpool Two have officially seen the extent of this girl's acting ability.
4: <laughs> <I'm>, uh... <laughs> oh dear, I'm going to disagree with that one. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm, you know, I'm just going to have it out regarding Rory right now. I actually really like this character. I think. I think in terms of a device for you know a device for the show to come in to really trigger lucifer in terms of like you said his daddy issues his abandonment issues things mm-hmm. like that i think she was really effective i think Brana Heldebrand did a really good job it took me about an episode to say she really reminds me of negasonic teenage warhead and then i looked mm-hmm. it up and it's like yep negasonic teenage warhead hey it's her with hair I, don't, I will
1: actually give him credit that she actually even kind of looks like Lucifer's daughter. Like, she has a bit of the same facial structure as uh, Tom Ellis. Actually, Mellis. the eyes
4: is what give it away. Because yeah,
0: Physically-wise, I will admit, she looks like a perfect blend of Tom Ellis and Lauren German.
1: Yeah, my, my only real issue is she just doesn't... She, she travels from the future, and then she's surprised when her dad, who doesn't know that he's her dad because she hasn't been born yet, and she gets all upset about that. Like, no, duh! I, don't get
4: totally. me wrong andrew she i don't doesn't think know she... where she lands either and i mean i think again when you look at Fair it point. i mean you know like father like mm-hmm. daughter the way she's reacted to being cast cast in the back how much kind of rage she's holding on to at that point drives her character forward it drives lucifer forward at the same time i i think she gave and she had a lot of like they also gave her some really good stuff even in this episode in terms of like Messing with Maze, messing with mm-hmm. Eve, messing with Amenadiel about... about oh, that was good. Everybody like that. Yeah. Like it, she, you can see she's she. I think she's written very well in terms of she is very much Lucifer's daughter and she's very much Chloe's daughter.
3: I don't think she's a badly written character, and if that's what came across, that's not how I meant it. It's okay. More it's it's more of she just starts off very one note and and even as, as the show rolls on with Lucifer, she's so e- she a little too easily put off by him and angered and goes off on these tantrums. And you contrast that with how she is with everybody else, but she's much more reasonable. And I understand that for her, she, and that's why I played the James Bond clip one, cause I'm funny, but also because I, that was like her whole thing for so much of the season until things start to turn. And I would have liked a little bit more, complexity in her character she's a little one note in the beginning um but I I will tell you this I had a very visceral reaction to her hugging Chloe at the end of this episode I was like well of course she hugs Chloe you know yeah. the, I and and look I, it serves its purpose it's, it's it gets paid off it's it's fine by the end of it but I can only tell you about my reactions as I'm seeing these things and as soon as like I hate Lucifer I hate Lucifer I hate Lucifer oh look it's Chloe and big hug and she loves her and I'm like well of course she does. Because why? Because why would why why would the perfect Chloe have any kind of issues here other than being shot at occasionally?
4: I I will say one thing just on your point around her kind of viscerally mm. reacting to anything Lucifer related. I take that yeah. back to the first season, first couple of seasons where anytime anyone casually mentioned God, <laughs> Lucifer lost his shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, again, she she does have quite a bit of her father's personality, and
3: not 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 that's not
1: necessarily a good thing.
3: And how the murder of Lucifer Morningstar. The angel reveals her name as Rory, short for Aurora. Rory reveals that she is Lucifer and Chloe's daughter from the future. Uh, Rory tells Lucifer that she that he disappears in the future on August 4th at 10th and Swanson. Lucifer refuses to accept that he left his daughter, so he thinks that he must have been murdered. Uh, Lucifer decides to find clues to find out... <laughs> this made no freaking sense to me. Um, clues to find out his mystery... May starts to have doubts on Rory after Rory only calls Eve her aunt and not May's Rory also doesn't recognize I a deal Lucifer thinks he must have been murdered by Asriel's blade Ella then opens up a board with all her suspicions on Lucifer I and a deal May's he keeps it safe but it's later stolen Lucifer blames Rory for this angering her Chloe reveals she stole the blade because she wants to keep Lucifer safe Chloe refuses to give Lucifer the blade and they fight. Chloe comes back to her senses and gives the blade to Lucifer. After having celestial qualities for a while, Chloe meets Dan and tells him that she had been powerless ever since he died and that she misses him so much. Uh, Andrew, this was a really... I was getting Bill and Ted vibes from this. You know, like, well, if we put the keys here, then we'll have them in the future. And it's like, he's trying to solve a murder that hasn't happened yet. That he, you know, it just, I don't know, this was, this was not for me, I have to say the, the second half of the season was much stronger and I and I enjoyed it a lot more. This first half, and this is a really good example of it, I was struggling with some of these episodes and maybe you had a different take on it and can and set me straight. But I definitely struggled with an entire episode of him solving a murder that ha- him trying to solve a murder that hadn't yet happened.
4: I think in terms of the concept for this episode, it works. I think I agree with you. The execution Mm -hmm. didn't work out so great because really what we're dealing with is that Lucifer's in denial, right? He, to him, him abandoning his own daughter after acknowledging his own issues with his father Mm -hmm. is like cardinal sin to him. So he would much rather know that he got murdered by somebody than consciously abandon his daughter on some level. Yeah. That said, I mean, yeah, you're right. The, the, Oh yeah, we're going to solve my murder in advance. And look, this show uses the word "clues" way too much. By the way, not for yeah. anything; it's supposed to be based with anything in the reality of policing. But <laughs> and we'll talk about policing in this show in the next episode. But yeah, not not a great one. I I think, like I said earlier, um, I think some of the fun in this episode really is Rory interacting with the rest of the the Lucifer team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the stronger bits was you know Chloe coming to terms with her her addiction to to the necklace and then her getting kind of closure on some level with Dan as well, but not, not a great episode.
3: I did. uh, Dave like the idea that Rory was very much, we we were doing the, (laughs) I kept thinking about the Hulk from Endgame. Speaking of which, you know, where it's just like, no, time doesn't change. It just becomes your future. That sort of thing. No, we were doing the back to the future rules. If I tell you it doesn't happen, Um, (laughs) you know, that, that sort of thing. And so everyone's trying to get her to to talk about what happens in the future, and she won't do it. And she's very much like, "No, no, 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 I'm I'm not here to do that. I'm here to find out why my father left me, and that's pretty much the mission." I did like that part of it. Um, what'd you think of this episode?
1: Uh, yeah, I kind of felt a bit spin. Spinning out the wheels, it's more Lucifer freaking out and going over the top. Though to be fair, when he's thinking he's going to get murdered, that is a a fairly rational thing to be very concerned about. Uh, Is it? He's Uh, God. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, not yet, but yeah, it's apparently in Celestial rules. I guess even Azrael's blade could kill God. Maybe I, I, you know, it's apparently like we know Celestials can be killed.
3: Yeah, I, I I get that. I, I I still struggled with this though that we have these semi partially immortal beings and suddenly we're afraid of being knifed in an, in an alley. But yeah, whatever.
1: But I'm, well, I'm I'm more struggling with the mortal beings who know that there is an afterlife still getting worked <laughs> up over death, like like when when Dad died, it's like why why is everyone sad? Like you know, he's, he's he's going to the afterlife, like you know. I mean, we, we get, I think that's kind of why they added in that he ended up in hell, not in heaven to sort of give that thing. Yeah. It's like, why why are, why are Amenadiel and Lucifer upset about this? They can just, you know, go and see him anytime. Chloe knows that there's an afterlife. Uh, Linda knows there's an afterlife. Trixie. Yeah. She doesn't know. So that makes perfect sense. But yeah, it's so, so yeah, all of a sudden, like in the show, you know, death is not that big a deal anymore. Like everyone knows that. Yeah. You're, you know,
3: you're definitely deflates attention.
1: Yeah. Like, why would I be afraid of going to hell? I'm best friends with the devil. (laughs)
3: <laughs> what else about this episode before we move on to Alexis? Uh,
1: yeah, like I, it's, this isn't really one that I had, had a lot of lot of notes for, though I do find it strange that like they, they sort of have this big deal, with, like apparently the, the dental assistant is the one that I think is going to kill me and we need to fix him up, and then he's never here, heard from again. <laughs>
0: you know, yeah, that, that, that was that, weird. That whole plot point just... Ca- I mean, yeah, they say they're going to get him back together with his wife, and he just disappears
1: yeah i was expecting like some sitcom shenanigans or, or something to try and get them back together but uh no like it's just he, he's there and he's like i'm gonna kill you and then then he just you know he he's never heard from again
3: so we gonna yeah. get his own spinoff on hbo max or something
1: yeah yeah with john cena <laughs>
3: yes <laughs> go ahead alexis what are your thoughts
0: uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, I do really like the arc with Chloe and how she actually attacks Lucifer with the blade because she is just t- too addicted to mm-hmm. the power. And I thought that was really well done. I guess I'm not as interested in this whole hook with Lucifer and the whole abandoning of the future because if it was me personally and I was told on, you know, August 4th, you are, you will go to 10th and Swanson and. You will disappear. I'll be like, okay, then I guess on August 4th, I am either locking myself in my office or I'm buying a plane ticket and I'm leaving town. You know, just... I I guess I never really understand why they're making a big deal about how he's going to leave, he's going to leave. It's like, it's Lucifer. He can find a way to not go to that area on that day. Right. the whole thing with the panic room, which was a freaking TARDIS. And it just... (laughs) I, I don't know. I guess the way they just build it up just seems very unnecessary.
3: I kept waiting for them to give more details. Like yeah. the way that she brings it up is like you round a, you're with your you're with Chloe, you round a corner, and then you're never heard from again. Were you fighting? What you know, and they and I now understand having seen the whole thing play out why you don't get details because Chloe never gave her any details. That's all he, she, she that's all she told her. Um but it, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it it's I, I think you're right, Alexis. When you don't have any details and you and it's so vague and Rory's so angry, you're like, I feel like there's something in the middle here that I'm missing that, you know, that's causing everyone to react this way.
0: It's like that whole scene with the in Robin Hood Men in Tights where Maid Marion goes, you know, he's going to lure you into a trap. And it's like you mustn't go to the trap. And he goes, Okay, fine, I won't go. like you're making this much more complicated than it needs to be guys
1: yeah Yeah. like you usually how that works out is yeah they 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 decide, yeah i'm gonna stay away from it then some contrivance happens where like they have to go and that's sort of like the shocking moment of of like oh this is how it happens
0: yeah god help me for praising a tom cruise movie but minority port actually pulled that off very successfully good movie
3: well, I'll tell uh, you, I don't think this was the world's greatest r- written episode, but you know what would have possibly helped in the writing of the episode to make it better, Andrew? Do you know? I would say it
4: would be Grammarly.
0: It
3: would! I'm
0: going to go let my dog in. <laughs> Perfect.
3: Hey, uh, Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Uh, Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com W2Mnetwork. Again, that's getgrammarly.com W2Mnetwork to download Grammarly for free, and it'll help you fix your crappy writing in your silly Netflix show. Anyway.
4: <laughs> I'm going to challenge uh, go on ahead. that point because I, I had a thought on that one. Yes, sir. So I think one thing, and this is, I can't remember where I heard this. It might have been the, the Beyond the Screen play podcast or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it was Escapist. But they were talking about the nature of writing in Marvel movies. Yeah. Of course, we're going to bring this back to Marvel because what can't you do these days? It's the only thing happening in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shang-Chi seems to be proving that one. But anyway, <laughs> the comment was that. In some cases, Marvel makes a conscious choice and and we're not going to talk about Iron Man or Civil War or anything like that, but they choose to sometimes place character over plot in a lot of cases sure. in terms of what kind of drives the story forward. So I think... Uh, it
1: was a uh, movie, Bob. I think that he was...
4: Was it Bob? I can't remember who it was, but... I, th- I think so. Any case, I think that goes to the point of basically if you're sometimes running more towards taking your character beats... In your character interactions and things like that, sometimes your plot logic doesn't always hang together 100. percent.
3: I am. Um, it's an interesting thing that you bring up because I'm wondering how much of that in the writers' room, um, and you know, there's a term called "killing your babies," and you know, and and I don't know how much it applies to this situation, but that's what I think about when you've got a you've got a writers' room together and they're working through you know, the bigger story arcs, and then they have to fill in the blanks with some smaller stories and character interactions and whatnot and eventually they have to write dialogue. And I'm wondering how much they're like, we need to get the kids to the mall. So I understand that our method of getting there doesn't make a tremendous amount of sense, but it'll be fine if we dress it up nice and and somebody else in the room going, no, why can't we write things that just make sense? You know, because if we... Because in order to make it make sense, you're going to have to add more to it, and we've only got X amount of time to work with.
4: So I' to convoluted.
3: Yeah, and, and right, and then you know, if we add too much to this, then it becomes a spoiled soup, and you have all, you know you have the other end of the problems where they over-explain things, and so these are the kind of you know these are the kind of um, details and. My new shot I like about film craft and, and TV writing and whatnot is what what all goes into these conversations before the before the final script is, is written. Um, and how much do people have to give up? And, you know, like when you, you guys brought up a couple of different avenues, you know, a couple of areas where people examine films and television, I always think about pitch meeting. That's that's, you know, and, and how much of that is him walking through the plot and, you know, the producer character going. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, but I want it in the movie. And I, I, it's a parody, but I want, but I, but I bet there's a lot of truth in that in the actual writing process.
4: Yeah. And there's actually, I'll relate a quick anecdote about the end of another series, Battlestar Galactica. I was a big fan of this series. And, um, which one? Sorry, uh, the sort of the 2003 to 2009. Okay. One. And they had a great writer on it who ran the show, Ron Moore. He wrote Deep Space Nine. He writes, um, He's he writing quite on a out, bit
1: of next generation,
4: quite a bit of next gen. Uh, he's currently working on outlander. He worked uh, for all mankind. He's done yep. a carnival, a lot of great stuff. Okay. But in any case he had a great podcast he was doing with it. And he kind of was talking about breaking the last half of the, the last season of Battlestar, And he mm-hmm. kind of laid out the storyline that they were working on. And it was really convoluted where it was like, this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. And he was having trouble breaking everything. And he just tells a story where, where he went home, his wife told him to chill out and it just came to him. Focus on the characters. Yeah. that's ultimately what people care about. It's about the people and the characters that are in the show, their relationships and their own arc resolutions and, and how that comes together and maybe not worry about the plot as much. And I, I think, you know, it, it becomes of that trade off there.
3: Yeah. Um, j- just to of put a bullet on this, uh, period on this rather i do think that the broad you know your broad general audiences key into character interactions more and aren't really thinking about the logical you know follow through on plot i think it's when you have these sort of deconstructive kind of conversations that we're having and that robert and i have on danu hollywood is where that stuff comes to the forefront but as i keep saying on most shows yes people who are deconstructing it notice it the general populace really doesn't all right um a lot dirtier than that, episode six. We are now into the second half of this thing. Amenadiel and Officer Harris investigate the murder of a black man named Kevin. Much to his anger, Amenadiel finds out the detective on this case is Reben, Ribin? Reuben? Ribin, uh, uh, I think. Riboflavin, got it. The officer who assaulted Caleb previously. Harris tells Amenadiel not to rock the boat. Don't rock the boat, baby, rock the boat, since he has a rookie. He is a rookie. He then asks Ella and Chloe for help about the information on uh, Reben. But Reben tells Amenadiel that he has changed and suggests that Kevin's killer could be his girlfriend. Michaela Williams. Meanwhile, Lucifer gives Rory Christmas presents for all the Christmases that he missed for her and even sings a song, but Rory still isn't amused. Amenadiel and Harris finds Michaela and the real killer, but Reben arrives and aims his gun at Mica- on uh, Michaela. Amenadiel convinces him not to do it, and even arrest both the killer and Michaela. Amenadiel starts to suspect that he doesn't want to be a police officer anymore. Amenadiel um, and Harris take Michaela for a final look at her house before going to jail. Chloe finds some shocking news about the precinct. Has anyone ever seen Higher Learning? David, Higher Learning?
4: Nope.
3: To Andrew, know what I'm talking about?
4: Uh, I'm going to say no on that one.
3: Alexis, have you seen Higher Learning with Ice Cube and Busta Rhymes and whatnot?
4: no
0: clue what you're talking about yeah that explains why
3: i had not seen it okay Uh (laughs) no no offense
1: to those people at all
3: it's just not not my wheelhouse i can't remember who directed it and i'll make this really quick so um higher learning uh takes place on a college campus and it deals a lot with race relations and at the end um i can't remember the actor's name um white actor I'll look it up. Okay, that narrows it down. Way. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rappaport.
4: <laughs> that, yes, Michael Rappaport. Perfect. Right, I'm just pulling up the wiki on it. I didn't realize this was a Singleton movie.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I knew it was somebody I liked. In any case, point being, there's a scene at the end of the... There's, Michael Rappaport's whole arc in this movie that he wants to be an engineer, and he's surrounded by Asian kids who, are, who are, of course, are all taking to the math a lot easier than he's finding it to be, and he gets very frustrated. He ends up joining like a neo-Nazi group and all of this stuff, and at the very end of the movie... Um, the, the, I can't remember the whole thing, but he's got a gun. There are cops involved and he's clearly, he's clearly he's person doing wrong in this scene, but he's white, you see, and the cops are white, you see. And so they arrive and it's gotta be the other people involved in this scene that are in the wrong and <laughs> message. <laughs> yeah. And Michael Rappaport's like, I just wanted to be an engineer as he's holding this gun and the cops are like, you can still be an engineer. And I get the point John Singleton is trying to make, you know, but it's so over the top and it's so hackneyed that it takes away from anything that this movie was trying to say. It is utterly stupid and unrealistic. And so, Uh, Mark, have you seen the trailer for the Karen movie? Like, what
0: now? Oh, yeah. This is like a real thing. When I first saw it, I'm like, so this was a Saturday Night Live sketch that they did when they had Jordan Peele as a host, right? Mm -hmm. Cleo give me that
1: don't chew that. Well, was it was actually like a parody thing. I, I I could have sworn it was actually a real
0: It is real. real. Movie. Everyone okay. thought it was a parody, but it's real.
1: Right. Yeah. It, it's like the parody of every like super hardcore leftist talking point about race relations in modern America.
2: <laughs> like, it. you
1: know, black black young black couple, they move up into like a wealthy suburban area. And their next door neighbor, she is just the epitome of a racist white woman. She's a, like installing a new security system in their house because the black people are nearby. And she's like coming over to visit to visit their house. Like, oh, look at you slaving away
3: in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. You know. yeah, think
0: of it as Jordan Peele and Neil LeBute made a movie together and removed any concept of self-restraint. Go
1: watch it, post it to the chat and run. I (laughs) sympathize,
3: no.
0: Um, It's bad enough (laughs) when you people mention the Eternals again, okay? We're not going down that road. I
3: sympathize with the writers wanting to deal with the the relationship between the black community and law enforcement. And since they write a part and part, a law enforcement show, I I don't feel like it's completely out of place to deal with that subject matter. But a deft hand would have been nice. Maybe maybe we don't have to hit the audience over the head with Thor's hammer. Wait, 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 Mark, Mark are, are you saying that the messaging in this episode was not subtle? So here we have, <laughs> we have this woman cowering, weaponless, just peeing herself in, 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 you know, in, in the scene. And the cop goes, don't move her, I'll shoot.
0: <laughs> the woman, the, the detective actually says, "Take her down. She's right. armed." Right,
1: she's, she's yeah. coming. Completely right ignoring her the, with- the 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 man dressed like in uh, all in black, carrying a <laughs> he, a, a handgun, kind of shooting at
2: the, her.
3: Said, I'm a murderer.
1: <laughs> like, like, like I almost like, like yeah, it's like almost like that family guy thing where like they do everything except for like get the little chit out, you know? Okay, uh, you know. You know, like which
3: which skin tone is is a threat and which one is a, you know an innocent bystander. I would never make the argument that cops sometimes make bad decisions in the heat of the moment. It happens, and sometimes in those situations, it's also racially motivated. But how many times do you have somebody who's clearly unarmed, cowering, and the cops go, "Murder her where she stands"?
0: I not to mention they talk, they build up this whole thing that there's a cover-up in the precinct, that this mm-hmm. guy got promoted to detective, even though there have, been, uh, Chloe finds there's been multiple complaints against him. You know, the fact he says, yeah, I, I, for the record, I actually do like this little bit where he says, you know, that wasn't me. I changed. And you actually think we're going to get character developed. And then he's like, and then all of a sudden he goes into, nope, we're going after McC- uh, the girlfriend who's also black. Right. It's like, oh my God. Th- that was a yeah, nice why, little why, That was you the know. only part of
4: this thing that worked
0: yeah but again it's like the show you think they're building up this whole thing with the covers cover-ups at the Mm -hmm. station and that goes nowhere and i i could be wrong but i think by after the last the next episode it's never brought up again the only time we see it is in the uh epilogue that harris has made detective and good on her
3: i let me uh let me say this to you andrew and then um we can go back to dave and alexis for further Mm -hmm. comment if Hollywood is going to continue to speak to the relationship between law enforcement and the African-American community, they have to do a better job than this or a candy man, or any number of, of things where it wasn't handled well at all. Uh, because essentially you want things to change and you're using art to try to engender change and you're not going to get that if you continually handle it like buffoons, people are just going to stop listening. And the point that you're trying to make is going to be lost, even though it's a salient point and one that needs to be addressed.
4: Oh, absolutely. And I think when I was watching this, I it's like, this is the show that's going to try and and tackle this topic, which just complete clarity. This is a topic that is real. That needs to be addressed in, in okay. a number of different ways. Um, Quick side plug, my uh, my martial arts instructor, Jay Cooper, has a podcast called The Bang of the Hound. He has a couple of uh, – he was an LEO for 20 years. He's got a great conversation with another guy named Dee Burton who's been a longtime LEO. They talk about a lot of these issues, mm-hmm. and it's well worth the listen. But any case, I'm sorry, LEO? Uh, Law, Law of enforcement officer. officer.
0: Oh, okay. So I've no, is- honestly never heard that. Lion Grar.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm a scorpius <laughs> his reaction to that would probably be really hilarious at this point but anyway go i'll replug the episode in the podcast later but anyway i think part of the problem that you're running in here is that you're running into a show that has i'm gonna say a negotiable relationship with police work mm-hmm. like it's you know it's this isn't even csi level in terms of accuracy or anything like that and csi wasn't that good it's not like we're dealing right. with the wire but uh, so <laughs> but so 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 many big
1: screens behind everyone
4: <laughs> like you know they treat la as you know one conglomerated area and it's not right. it's various different precincts it's various different areas that all have different relationships and things like that and you know i can i can give them credit to trying to deal with it but like you said is just falls so flat on its face that it it hurts and i think it actually takes away from some of the better parts of this episode and we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a minute but it just yeah i i kind of just like checked out on on this part of it cuz it's like this was the weak episode of the season
3: <laughs> yeah i i want to have a conversation about um law enforcement and all of that but i but you have to you have to raise the level of dialogue if you keep it like this people who are people it's the conversation I have with my father. You know, his father is like way left, you know, Democrat and marching for women this week, that kind of thing. You know, wanted to bring my kids to a, uh, to a black Wall Street, to a, um, Occupy Wall Street. That's the one, Occupy Wall Street protest until I told him, no, that's child abuse and you won't do that. Um, But so, and and I tell him, I'm like, you may be making good points, dad. You may be trying to convince me that the things that Democrats are fighting for are worthy, of being listened to but your whole way of doing it sucks so bad i don't want to listen to you talk anymore and and so your message and he was like no 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 no. the ideas are what's important here no the messaging is what's important if you can't deliver your message in a way that people can digest and are then are willing to hear you speak more about it you're going to lose your audience and then you're just you're just pissing in the wind go ahead andrew
4: i was gonna say like to that point exactly like i mean Let's go to an inherently silly show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. I haven't watched the latest season, but they have an episode earlier on where they deal with, with racism among the police, and they nail it. Yeah. Now, Brooklyn Nine-Nine actually
3: handles I've, – I've been keeping up with it. It actually handles this stuff fairly well. Yeah, know, and as, I know – dumb as that show can be.
4: Yeah, and I mean I know, I know they've taken a lot of – I think they've taken a lot of critique from – being a cop show and kind of reframing itself. I haven't watched the latest Mm -hmm. season, but the one episode they did even before that dealt with it a lot more deftly than this one.
3: Um, Moving on from this, Alexis, what are your thoughts on this episode beyond what we've already discussed?
0: The one thing I really liked about this episode was officer Harris's portrayal. Mm -hmm. Uh, She gives a really great speech at the end where she's trying to convince Amenadiel not to quit. Mm -hmm. because It's clear that he's not cut out to do this and he's getting too emotionally wrapped up. And he asked her, you know, why didn't you take the detective position and leave? And she says, because they were going to ship me out somewhere else. And And he talks something like that. that. I Mm -hmm. don't know the L.A. area well enough to understand totally what she was going for there. But I love the line where he says, you know, it's like they almost killed her. And she says, but they didn't because we were there. Mm -hmm. And that's a great line. The fact that, yeah, there's going to be if there are dirty cops on there, then it's up to the good cops. It's up to the the people who are there it's like CM-
3: it's the old Sorry, CM Punk argument. Sorry. It's the old CM Punk argument. If I leave, I can't fix things from within. I'm now exactly. on the outside and I and I have no access. Mm-hmm. Wrestling reference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Click. Bingo. Yeah, no. Um again, it was a little ham-fisted and not handled the best way. But I really like Harris's character, and I'm not going to lie, I wish she had shown up earlier in the series. I think she could have been a really good character to interact with Chloe and Dan and Ella and all of them. This is a character I would have liked to have seen more of.
2: Yeah,
1: agreed. What are your thoughts, Dave? Dave? Yeah, like I'm. Yeah, I'm not gonna dive into the politics here because that's just such a big, huge topic. And yeah, like it, it's a whole other podcast, whole other. Yeah, it's
0: other like we thing. don't like to go to bed at a decent hour. Yes. Have, yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't worry, but. Um, but yeah, it's like if, if you're going to throw something this weighty into the show. 5 episodes before the end of the show is probably <laughs> not the time to do that. Like I mean sure we had the thing with Amenadiel and the the kid that he he met who got mm-hmm. shot by the, love, yeah. the yeah that you know like that, that was sort of the sort of first bit of this but again it kind of it happened and then the show moved on until mm-hmm. this moment. So yeah, I like, like functionally within the show it was more just this is this is the reason to get Chloe to Rejoin the force so that she sure. can, can you know, fight the discrimination, whatever you well, want to call it, know, from it also, the
2: inside.
3: But I think it also adds to Amanadil's purpose and mission in life. Um, you know, he he doesn't just want to be God because being God's, you know, a, a, an important position. He's this is one of the elements that leads him to believe that being God is an agent of change, um, and not you know, and not sort of a cold distant approach to things of well we'll let the humans do what they need to do and we'll just go to be up here. You know, seeing seeing the effects of political things on the African American community and identifying as one of them as he does, he's going, but as God, I can help move this along. I I can I can be a part of I can be a part of the change. And I this this episode is what starts to get him to that that place in his mind. Dave.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we've kind of said everything okay. that we can say within this this format, at least. Again, there are there are other places where these discussions are
3: are better suited to be had. Yep. I just oh. want to make sure that you didn't on, on anything else besides what we've yeah. already covered. If yeah. you wanted to say anything else, yes, much appreciated, Mark. Thank you. It's Episode very, seven. Very
4: nice. Oh, can I jump in for one more quick thing? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I will, okay, Tim, where's your last? Did like everything with uh, with Lucifer and Rory in this one? I think mm-hmm. you know this is probably one of the more charming versions of Lucifer missing the point of trying to make people happy. Yeah. Uh, I did like what they were going for on the whole guitar piano du- duet at the end, that then got mixed over with the other thing we've just been talking about, and, and kind of unfortunately killed the momentum on that one.
3: It sure did. Uh, to the point that I didn't remember it until you just brought it up. I was going <laughs> to say
0: it's like I think we just missed half the episode because we wanted to talk about how the show completely misfired on the other half.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: which kind of de- demonstrates the detriment of how big that misfire was. No, but, but yeah. Like, yeah, all of
0: a sudden we forget how just how gorgeous the apartment, the Lucifer's apartment, was all decked up for Christmas.
1: Oh, that was nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. Gorgeous.
1: Yeah, and it, it's it's nice seeing Lucifer trying to do the right thing, but totally missing the mark in Lucifer fashion. Like his heart's in the right place. It's just he's he's all thumbs.
0: Tell me, you guys, we were we all knew what was going to happen when he whipped out the baseball. And the bet ba- and the glove, and he handed her the baseball He's just like and say goodbye to that expensive whiskey bottle. It's like tell me we all saw it coming.
4: It was amusing. I wanna know what loser's views on Christmas are. Like, is that like the birthday party for the one annoying little brother that he can't stand?
0: This show has gone out of its way to never mention Jesus. Well, yeah. uh-huh. some people take
3: Jesus very seriously. You think? I don't know, yeah, just mean. a bit. I don't know if you've been to America, Alexis, but <laughs> but we love the
4: Jesus here. I live no, in Alberta. I, I, was, I know it.
0: <laughs> I was commenting about that because I'm grateful that the show never brought up Jesus because that's a Pandora's box that even the assholes at Fox knew that they didn't want to open. Yeah,
3: Jesus and the Virgin Mary, Mary, pretty pretty much everything else. It is a fun commentary about our our socio-religious culture in America that you want to do a show about the devil? Who doesn't? You want to do a show about God? Sure, the more the merrier. I'd like to talk about Jesus. Go fuck yourself. That's not (laughs) happening.
0: And yet nobody watched God, the devil, and Bob. Still a great show. (laughs) I saw
1: an episode, if it makes you feel any better.
0: Oh, I've got the DVD of the whole series.
4: Yeah. I love yeah, I, that
0: show.
1: Oh, I might this the
4: rest all of with a out. hilarious subtext that Tom Ellis' father and sister are pastors. <laughs> <laughs> Episode seven. My best fiend's wedding. Ah, the fiend.
3: Maze and Eve start preparing for their wedding when Adam arrives. <laughs> That's my other yes, favorite character. Yes, that
0: Adam, as they say. <laughs>
3: This show should be the first show in history to get, like, a
1: writing award just for the episode titles.
0: (laughs) Okay. Actually, Mark, before you go on, I got to say something about this episode. You guys have seen very clearly that I'm a feminist, but I have never been the angry, flag-carrying feminist. I'm the one that when Marx uses the phrase mansplaining, I tell him to shut the hell up because I hate that term. It's like, no, it's not mansplaining. It's just being condescending. This episode, I have never wanted to see a character get punched <laughs> so hard in my life for being a con for actually personifying mansplaining. And when Eve kicks the crap out of him and mentions her rainbow colored belts, I was cheering. Message.
3: I- Because I am such a troll, and because I enjoy trollish things, this was my favorite character in the entire episode, (laughs) in the entire season.
0: Well, (laughs) I'm glad they gave me someone to hate that much. I've Mm -hmm. said it before, and I'll say it again. If you can get that reaction out of a character, you know, then you're doing the right thing, because that's what Adam was there to do. Adam was there to be hated, and sweet Lucifer, they got that
4: right. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet Lucifer. Incel Adam.
2: <laughs> that was that not I
3: would go into. So, right. <laughs> Needed to make him fatter and beardier. Anyway,
4: I thought he'd be better looking. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. Yeah. So, anyway, Adam arrives, duh, 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 and meets Maze and Eve at Lux. Adam tells Eve that he wants to reconcile with her, but Eve tells Adam that she has already moved on. Adam then kidnaps Linda, like you do. Eve then, how many times has Linda been kidnapped in the series?
0: I've lost count.
3: <laughs> Eve then lures Adam. Oh, I'm in trouble.
0: <laughs> I'm in danger. That was actually uh, a great delivery for him. are like, oh god, I'm in trouble, aren't I? <laughs> <That was laughs> <a really> great... <laughs> you, you gotta wonder at one point. She, just, she was just about to say, "Not again." Show me to the car. So she is so
4: damn good in this show.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's still one. Of, she's still overall one of my favorite characters. Her line deliveries are fantastic. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mae seduces Adam which upsets Eve. Uh, Maze admits she told Adam about the wedding because she doesn't want to become a mother, which makes Eve leave in anger and nobody talks to each other on this show and Three's Company happens. Meanwhile, Chloe tells Amenadiel that there have been complaints filed against every officer in the precinct and Amenadiel decides to quit the LAPD. Adam releases Linda and Lucifer does a favor for Maze. Maze then brings all of her demon siblings in dead bodies. And reconciles with Eve with Lucifer's help. How very romantic. Adam comes to terms with moving on, and Maze and Eve get married. At the after party, Rory tells Chloe that she dies when um, when she time traveled to the past. After drinking too much, Ella calls out everyone for knowing about Lucifer being the devil, and everyone else about and everyone knowing about it. Ella then asked everyone why they didn't tell her when the world is ending. i a deal, and everyone else are left in shock by this news given by Ella. Um, yeah, I think this is about where we start to wrap things up with Eve and Maze, which, you know, to make room for having the other things I got to deal with at the end of this. And uh, I have to say, we can talk about this now. Over the course of the, the preceding episodes, we've been in and out on, on Maze and Eve and their relationship. And I tell you, Mason's one of the best character arcs in the entire series in that, you know, she goes from being this, this hedonistic, torturer character to, you know, to somebody who clearly has, all, you know, beneath the surface, all of these uh, frailties and insecurities and whatnot. And her reaction is always to self-sabotage as opposed to communicate because she doesn't really have the language or those kinds of skills. And uh but by virtue of where the plot takes them she's sort of forced into that and you know she makes this grand gesture in order to get eve back and maze for the first time in six seasons feels like an actual person now uh and i and and i'll tell you dave it's it's one of the it's this is where the sto- the show starts winning me back is how they handled maze and her evolution as a human being and not just lucifer's cranky sidekick um you have any thoughts on eve and maze
1: uh yeah it was just kind of nice to have the the closure there uh yeah like it's you know after six seasons of Maze constantly self-sabotaging herself it's kind of it's still a little bit old yeah uh but that, that, that's kind of like my only sort of real issue is like yo know, you finally found happiness but oh no i can't be happy because yeah and uh, Who are you, you I, like that man yeah, it's like you've already learned that, that demons can self-actualize, so you, you have a whole world of possibilities ahead of you. You're not trapped by anything due to the way you were created or mm-hmm. you know, who your parents were. I mean, of course, you're still going to have issues. And yeah, this is someone who, through most of her life, her problem-solving has involved just stabbing. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, but Not so, that a good stabbing won't solve. So
1: yeah, it felt a little bit contrived her mm-hmm. bringing in Adam to sabotage the wedding. Like I kind of wish they'd sort of found another angle if they're going to do something with Maze at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, overprotective of Eve now that she's finally found happiness or something along those lines. But it wasn't terrible and yeah, it was it was just it, it was nice to sort of see Maze sort of find her find her place mm-hmm. and find someone to share it with. Uh, yeah, Adam, I mean, it's I guess I'll drop this here now. It's like it's, it's kind of interesting the way that sort of Neil, I'll attribute this to Neil Gaiman, sort of views the Celestials as sort of the first family of the universe. So therefore, mm-hmm. it's incredibly dysfunctional. <laughs> and, you know, with, with, with Adam, the idea of like you're the first man on Earth. And like this one was literally made for you from your own body. You know, mm-hmm. and you just had a monopoly on her. You know, we have that expression, you know, not if you were the last man on earth. It's like, well, I was the first man on earth. <laughs> so so sort of him having to deal with the you know, now there are other fish in the sea and he he actually has to up his game to sort yeah. of use the use the the phrase if he if he actually wants to be someone that you know, women will actually like. You know, he he sort of I, I say I view him a bit less of an insel, more of like a pickup artist, an unsuccessful pickup <laughs> artist. Sure. Yeah, sort of sort of yeah, imbibing all the sort of okay. very superficial
3: I was thinking masculine. About,
2: yeah. Well, I was thinking about um,
3: a Bloom County uh, comic strip where you have a guy and he's got like the Hawaiian shirt on and the big afro. <laughs> he's clearly a product of the 70s, but he's in a late eighties bar in time, and he's like, I don't understand how anything works around here. This like none of the things he was doing are working. He's like, I don't understand how the bar scene works now. He was um, yeah. that yeah. sort of he was thing. Bad
4: at it.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah and, even, and even sort of like the, the sort of ha- has been attitudes, like, you know, you know, like platypus, what kind of a name is that for an animal? You know, like I, you know, I, you know, you, you know, like, like, just like, you know, you know, all the animals, I named them, you know, like, that was me. That's, you know, you know, more touchdowns in a single game. And I love <laughs> so, that, that even attitude.
0: Eve breaks up. It's like, Mr. I named all the animals. It's like, you got to wonder how many times has he said that?
1: <laughs> Right. Yeah, geez, Adam, that was 5,000 years ago. Get over it.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so, so like Lane's
4: Abel's one appearance in the show and his too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sort of
1: get through the whole, all these original characters. And like even Eve, her like, you know, I, yo, I, was, I was built for a certain role and I don't like that. You know, Lucifer is really the guy that I had the thing for, not Adam. Like, it, it's an interesting take on things. And like I sort of almost wondered at the beginning of the show if when they sort of get into the more, Like metaphysical existential stuff is Mm -hmm. like, I almost wonder if, like, God created the world the way it is just so he could sort of figure out how to run a family. (laughs) Sort of, you know, having like humans kind of have to go through this constant, you know, passing down of the generations, working out, you know, how to raise children, how to, you know, deal with all these issues, sort of as as a way of fixing his own family. They never really went that way. I just thought it was an interesting. The take thematic, on
3: things the thematic subtext of the show once you get past the silliness and the cop drama stuff is how much the show deals with pre pre-prescribed um roles that people mm. are, are are cast into and what do you do about that you know do you do you just kind of give in and let those roles define you do you rebel against it do you try to create your own path and there therein lies the drama of the entire series andrew yeah. And it gets oh. exemplified here in, in this interaction in this episode.
4: Definitely. And and you know, it goes back to, you know, talking about Maze uh, and her self-sabotage. It's also people's own cycles that they impose upon themselves by accepting whatever role they've been cast into. And, you know, I think one of the one of the strongest moments of the seri- of the of this episode comes near the end when they're doing their vows and Maze does drops all pretenses, drops all defensive measures and just confesses her love to Eve right there. Yeah. And that was a really affecting moment because it was that character dropping all of her defenses for once. Right.
0: Absolutely.
4: But yeah, I mean, really strong episode. Uh, yeah, we have talked about Adam. He was (laughs) the whole writing, the performance, everything was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of other good things about it. There was a lot of kind of small little things. I think one of the moments I loved in, it's blink and you miss it but when when maze is coming down the aisle um uh trixie's on the end and like they fist bump and stuff like that going back to how those two had a relationship it's like they just are picking up on the really good character moments that that remind you of of how well this character this series has worked in a lot of those respects
3: all right alexis finish us up here on this episode what'd you think
0: well, you know, Lucifer definitely called in a favor for them to get married at the Walt Disney Concert Hall in one of the uh, rooftop gardens.
3: I love your attention to detail. Like, I don't even pick up on any of this shit. You're like, you, did you, you got, know? You got
0: to remember, former <laughs> wedding photographer. I get it, man. Yeah. No, even the little bit that there's a sign that said, take a seat, not decide. Either way, it's for a bride. I've seen that at lesbian weddings before. I've That's, mm-hmm. you know, a, not a common, but I've seen it done a lot of times. It was very cute detail. Um, no I really did the wedding was beautiful I agree with what Andrew said about May's dropping her pretenses and her fear and just blurting out I love you so fucking much <laughs> by the way am I the only one that was a little cough guard and forgot oh yeah that's right Netflix I can swear here I think
4: I think it was Rory who kind of first called out Lucifer on his own bullshit mm-hmm. and I actually think the way they use it not all the time I think when it hits it hits well
0: Although, again, the whole thing with Rory got a little on my nerves because she says she's not going to show up at the Taylors. Then she goes, but Lucifer didn't think she was going to show so he didn't show up. And then she's yelling at him about, like, you didn't show up. And he's like, you told me you weren't going to come. It's like, you didn't show up. It's like, oh, my God. I know you. No, she's not a teenager. She's in her 20s. It's like, seriously. Well, even
3: older because she ages slowly. She's half celestial. See, I actually thought she was like a late teenager. And what I was going to say is, they, even for an asshole teenager, she's beyond the pale. Yeah. And that's a great example of it. Like you said you weren't going, so why are you mad at me that I didn't show up to the thing you said you weren't going to be at? Plus, you I had to save it. the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: for the <laughs> record. I love that they bring back the idea that the only way they can get the demons onto earth is to have them uh into freshly dead bodies. This is similar to what was on the uh, last season's finale with uh, the uh, prison bus. Yep. going over and all the prisoners getting possessed by the demons i even love the little line with carol's like why does it smell like a you know three-body crime scene here and deals like oh uh can you believe they just fertilized the flowers <laughs> although again the whole thing with ella i get that she's starting to suspect but the fact that she was able to pick up that they were zombies there so quickly and how forced she sounded I'm like okay honey this is a little weird i i again I'm not against Ella figuring things out. She's an incredibly smart character, and she is the kind of person who would put two and two together like this. I just really cannot stand how they ham-fisted her suddenly putting everything together so suddenly into the last season.
3: Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about Ella with this next episode here. So if there's no objections from the council, I'll, no. uh, I'm, I'll <laughs> move on to the next episode. All right. Save the devil, save the world, episode eight. <laughs> Ella reveals a series of events that she has recorded that causes her to believe that the apocalypse is coming. As a result, Lucifer attempts to return to heaven to assume his role as God, finally, but he is unable to summon his wings. <laughs> this always something. Discovering that Linda has... Like a
0: pill for that.
3: Oh, I was debating using <laughs> that one. But... Someone
0: had to. Yeah. Someone had to. I was, and I was yeah. like, I'm just well going to say it.
3: Um, discovering that Linda has been working on a book based on her sessions with him, Lucifer and his friends uh, go through the book in an attempt to understand the situation With May, while well, May's attempts to help Dan confront his guilt and get into Heaven without success until he relives his death and realizes what he must do. During a confrontation with Rory, Lucifer proves his love for his daughter by making himself vulnerable so she can shoot him, which is becoming a family tradition. In the hand, and after reading Linda's manuscript, Rory finally understands that love—that uh, the love that her parents share. While Lucifer realizes that he is finally ready to become God, he decides that he doesn't want to be, as it isn't his true calling. Lucifer com- uh, comforts Linda over her perceived failure to help him, and Amenadiel, uh visits to, reali- to reveal that he knows why the world is ending. So, the uh, two things I really want to cover here: one, we um, can talk about Ella now. I I, this is one my favorite episode probably of the entire season, but two uh, Ella talking about feeling like she was betrayed and feeling like she was left out and she was made to be a fool and she never you know and this is proof that she was never really part of the the inner circle. I loved all of that and I I don't want to I don't want to sleep on her her real name the actress that plays her because she just does such a phenomenal job here. Um,
0: um, Amy Garcia.
3: Thank you. Yeah, Amy Garcia. I don't know what else she's done or what she's going to do now that she's done with Lucifer. But someone give her more work. Get, get someone call her agent. She's a stellar actress, and mm-hmm. her being able to emote and you know and feel like I thought we were all friends. This is important stuff. Don't you remember? I had I had a crisis of faith. Even is anyone paying any attention to me?
0: And she's doing and- this all wearing a kigurumi.
3: Yeah, I, I really... I thought that was all brilliant. Like I said, the writing of this show is a little uneven at times, and some might say even a bit goofy. But when they nail it, they it, it's some of the best writing on television. It's a, that That's what I mean by it, Andrew. It's such an uneven show. It either is some of the best writing I've ever heard, or it's so stupid, I'm on my phone on Twitter trying to find what movies have been changing their dates. You know, um, but this was this was the high point of it. I, I really, really like the Ella stuff here.
4: Yeah, the yellow stuff was really good. I kind of, I mean... I think, you know, it's one of those things where also people don't talk to each other so they could make the explanation really well. It's like, Mm -hmm. let's, you know, Linda went into a catatonic state. (laughs) Um, Dan tried to kill Lucifer. Um, Chloe went to the Catholic Church and tried to hire a priest to kill Lucifer. (laughs) On the spectrum of things, Ella having a drunken meltdown at a wedding is a pretty healthy reaction to finding out that the celestial world exists.
3: Sure. (laughs) Very reasonable.
4: But, um... Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought that was good. I mean, yeah, Amy Garcia has been one of the great characters. Um this is probably one of my you know wishes for what they would have done, what to to bring Azriel back in for another episode because I think that combination, I think going back to that source episode was really strong. Mm-hmm. And anytime the actress who plays Azriel shows up, I think has been a really interesting player within this series. So I mean, that that probably could have I'm probably more in a case of what I wish would have happened than what really happened, but mm-hmm. in case, in this case I was pretty happy with it.
3: Yeah, um I also like the exercise of going through the book and sort of re examining the last five seasons of the show. And that's what I'm what- sorry, that's what-
0: I absolutely love when they're reading the first draft. It's like, did you just say this? That's a clue. I just solved another case. Science gags, science gags, science gag. <laughs> is hilarious.
4: You picked up. Thank you. You picked up on what I was going to say. That parody bit was. Isn't it funny how it's the first person we talked to. That's the murder. <laughs> uh, She's even wearing funny t-shirt on her t-shirt.
0: I didn't catch that. Oh my God. You yeah, got
4: that's funny. Hilarious. It's this literally funny t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> D- despite, or the, or something. despite the meta
3: humor of all of it i enjoyed the sort of psychological and emotional exercise of going through all of the stuff that's happened to him and sort of re-examining it in a new light that a lot of that worked for me alexis i thought like i said some of the strongest writing of the show
0: i'm just gonna say this there were a lot of people that when Maze walked in in her wedding night lingerie with the wig and the blue contact lenses <laughs> looked at that pointed at their tvs and shouted bucket list
3: let me know if people start cosplaying as Maze in her in her um uh what do you call it the wedding honeymoon. night lingerie her wedding yeah. night
0: lingerie yeah, yeah uh oh god it's bad <laughs> enough when i see all the harley quinn lingerie ones Get an-
3: I'm gonna need you to make a spreadsheet. I need to know how many Demon Slayer, how many Harley Quins, how many Maze.
0: <laughs> oh, you're getting a graphic soon of all the Loki yeah. variants. I'm putting together a page that's just gonna be like, here's all the Loki variants from this year, folks. Count the alligators. What else There's you got probably from this enough
4: Loki variants that you can do one of those collages that actually when you zoom out just turns into a it's picture a of Giant
0: Loki. Loki, yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> Anything else about this episode?
0: uh very funny i i love just how linda's reacting to people reading and she has to keep reminding them it's a first draft (laughs) and any of us who have ever tried to do like any professional level writing can understand that we've all been there it's just like oh my god don't judge it hasn't i haven't rewritten it yet we we all had that case and i just love how she has to keep reminding everyone about that i really love um the dialogue between Maze and dan I guess I just really like the idea that Dan has latched onto her and Amenadiel so thoroughly. I, 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 the previous scenes were Dan screwing with deal, and Amenadiel mm-hmm. has to, looks like he's freaking insane. Because he's <laughs> talking to a ghost. Right? You know, oh my god, those are so great. And I love how well he tries to play it off. Um, but I do like that she is genuinely trying to help him. You know, there there is some real... There's a real bond in the chemistry between those characters, and I love that. Um... And yeah, I love the self parody in the in the book when they're reading it. Just mm-hmm. I, I really love that, and even that ending, the the fake ending that Linda wrote, where he goes <laughs> Lucifer ascends to heaven, becomes gone, goes, and it was all thanks to one woman. It just starts right up, and even Lucifer cuts her off like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> was, and she's like, "I couldn't think of anything else, okay, so I just wrote a happy ending for myself."
3: David, yeah, what do you think of this episode?
1: When it started, I'm like, "Oh no, it's going to be a clip show." <laughs> oh, I was worried about that too. <laughs> yeah, th- thankfully it wasn't. Yeah, once I realized, oh, okay, they're doing a bit of a gag here, then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's bad. But yeah, it was sort of a good yeah look over the the series. So you're sort of, you know, it almost reminds you of like near the end of Avatar: The Last Airbender, where they did sort of a, a similar sort of parody look at the events leading up to it that also ties into the. The character motivations.
0: Oh, the, the play episode? Yes. Yes. Which I swear that was also written as a tongue-in-cheek insult toward the movie.
1: Yeah. Not, uh, did, <laughs> so what was the line?
0: Uh, it's like, although the special effects were good. It's like, no, that was a slam at the movie.
1: Yeah, I think I think that was done way before the movie, but it's nice to think, think about. I'm, I'm not sure on the timeline there, but.
0: I can't remember, but a lot of people insist that that line was thrown in there to throw shade at Sean Milan.
1: Yeah, I mean Batman the Animated Series definitely threw through shade at Joel Schumacher. Oh
0: my God, yes! Yeah. It's like so I Lucifer. heard the yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Shut up, Joel. <laughs> yeah, it's like I heard the car can walk, can climb up roads. Yeah, sure, Joel, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, so <we're> lucky. <laughs> <Yes.
0: laughs> <laughs> I already
2: said
1: that. Yeah, Lucifer. steal my catchphrase, but yeah, like, it was, it was okay. I, mean, I was, I was kind of hoping that they would get to get to the end point there. Though I, I do like the bit where Amenadiel jumps off the side of the building to ascend mm-hmm. to heaven. Oh, and at first I'm wondering cool
0: like thing.
1: Yeah, like yeah. sure. Like, I was like wondering like like does, does he know his wings still work? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, like is, is it just gonna be like Dumf! It's like Lucy. Got a problem.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's like like fucking Ed Norton going out of the plane in the Hulk. Oh no. <laughs>
1: yeah, but no, in any instance, but but then uh, Ella's reaction to seeing like mm-hmm. him in angel mode for the first time like you know y- you know the you know, the, the actress she she was just reacting to nothing, but she really right. sold like the, the the awe of seeing something you know sacred for the I first
0: time. Say- Speaking of Ella, there's also another scene that I can't believe we keep forgetting that at the very end of this, she has Carol come and pick her up. Mm -hmm. And I actually really love that bit because Ella's been complaining and whining, essentially, about how she doesn't feel like her friends trust her. And now she realizes she can't tell Carol what's going on. Right. Ho ho, now you're on the other side. Yeah, exactly. And you just see this the the light go off in her head essentially, and she's like, Oh, as she's trying to explain to Carol, you know, that she can't tell him what's going on. And again, he is written so well that he says, I trust you. I know what's in your heart. I trust you. And it's a great scene for them.
3: It is. I do like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I do like that they call out that Lucifer's like, Well, I always told you I was the devil.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were an. (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, but but like I, I, you can't really blame Lucifer so much for it because yeah, like he 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 always is honest about I am the devil. He never denies that.
3: All right, uh, lost my place here. Episode nine. We are almost done, almost all the way through this. Uh, goodbye, Lucifer. deal tells Lucifer that the siblings are messing with prayers, and that is I love this bit. Um, and that is why lion
0: on death row. Oh my <laughs> and, god!
3: And that is why the world is ending. Lucifer tells a deal that he isn't going to be God anymore, which surprises a deal. Vincent Lamech, uh, Dan's murderer, escapes from prison. Chloe informs Lucifer that it is the date that Rory says that Lucifer disappears. Lucifer builds panic room very quickly. By the way, with like it's fucking Minecraft to lock himself in <laughs> until midnight just in case. Dan finds Lamech at a grocery store and goes inside his body. This is a great scene. Now possessing Lamech's body, Dan goes to Lucifer, makes Lucifer recognize him. Lucifer tells Dan about his upcoming disappearance and tells Dan to spend their last days with their loved ones. Dan, still posing as Lamech, finds Trixie and she tells him that she is proud of her father. Trixie then leaves. Dan then sees a light in the sky and he enters heaven. Leaving Lamech's body, Lucifer has an emotional goodbye with Amenadiel, who Lucifer recommends to become God, and Maze, who is leaving for her honeymoon with Eve. Lucifer, Chloe, and Rory go on a last family vacation before Rory leaves. Lucifer and Chloe come back and lock themselves in the panic room until midnight. Lucifer makes it through the day, but Lamech calls Lucifer saying that he has... Captured Rory at the same street where Rory said that Lucifer disappears. The only thing I'm going to say is, and we haven't talked a tremendous amount about Dan through this, because Dan sort of, this whole season is Dan trying to figure out why am I in hell, and how do I get out of hell, and what what is the unresolved guilt that's keeping me down here? And when you, I, I, I know some of you are going to react differently to this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Dan talking to his daughter about, wanting her to be proud of him and him struggling with the guilt of the decisions that he's made as a as an officer uh really resonated with me you know you want your children to be proud of you you want your children to respect you obviously and um if nothing else him talking to his daughter that way and the daughter in turn telling him dad i am proud of you i never well doesn't know his dad but i've always been proud of my father um and i will always love him and that is how he ascends to heaven is amazing just like this is what I, you know you and I were chatting andrew um as i was watching this and i was like see this is this is some of the best stuff in the show and this is where we start to see everyone you know we talked at the beginning of the podcast about how they just sometimes people don't land where you expect them to land in a show and it kind of ruins the ending for you You know, the wrong person becomes king. Someone becomes a lumberjack. Who the fuck knows? A scene abruptly ends for no good reason. Um, Things like that. And here, the strength of the Lucifer series towards the end is how well everyone got exactly where they should have been when it was all over, starting with Dan. You know, Dan's season-long arc of trying to get to heaven and him resolving things with his daughter uh, was
4: absolutely excellent, Andrew. Absolutely. That was a super strong scene. I really liked, and that one was kind of interesting because, again, they, they played the James Gunn trick where they kind of started mm-hmm. out with something silly of him taking over the guy's body and having the scene with the cashier and things like that,
2: mm-hmm. and
4: then going to go see Trixie. And they do that great. Kevin Alejandro actually directed this, and he directed that scene. I can't imagine how hard that was trying to dial in your performance from both sides of the camera. Sure. But when they do that shot where they kind of reverse across and then it goes from Lamech uh, back to Dan, and yeah, I'm using the screen as a trick there, <laughs> and then it just has this really, really genuine, emotional, heartfelt scene. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make Mark cry more, by the way. Kind of,
3: I'm not crying. You're crying.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Something in my eye. Moment
3: of I catharsis. Just, it's very earth. dusty in my house. Thank you very much, <laughs> and I'll thank you not to stare. <laughs>
4: There's this great moment of catharsis with his daughter before realizing that's kind of the source of his guilt. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, I was a little surprised by what they chose to be the source of his guilt. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just going to... His guilt was simply from dying.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Because I think part of it goes to, I have never thought of Dan as that bad of a character, or I think one right. who, who berates himself as much as he has, because as much as he's made mistakes, he's never done them for i think selfish intent either no he wasn't on the take you know yeah exactly he he made was he made not great decisions exactly and i think it was an interesting way of addressing that guilt and taking it forward and i just got to comment on this really quick uh the actress who plays trixie scarlett estevez she has been one of the mvps of this series Mm -hmm. because let's just face it kids on tv and kids on movie can be really really hit or miss but she is really kind of, you know, she's grown as a, you know, as an actor and things like that as she's gone on in the series. And she's remained this really good presence and had these really good relationships with all the rest of the cast the entire time. So that was a fantastic scene for both of them.
3: Yeah, it really was excellent. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with this, uh, this bit here? Anything about like Lucifer and the vacation and all that, the, the never ending scene of him in the panic
4: room with Chloe, any of that? I enjoyed the rest of it. I think it was, mm-hmm. it was this interesting kind of mix of Lucifer trying to get away from his fate, but also accepting his fate at the same time. Sure. And I think, you know, that kind of turns into a lot of the, the, the theme of the rest of the series, but for the last couple episodes, here's the question of fate. Um, I thought all the scenes with, um, with them going to the beach day was fun. Damn it. I now want to go get a convertible <laughs> and go drive the PCH.
3: We um in Pensacola this past weekend, there was a Corvette show, and I told my wife when the ki- when the kids go off to college or whatever it is they're gonna do, and I'm, we're retired and we move and we move to a beach town wherever that may be, totally getting a convertible Corvette. Um <laughs> so Alexis, uh we also had a cheerful goodbye with Maze here. We have we have a who's going to ascend to heaven and be God, and you know, and if this long run of their you know, their um contentious relationship, deal and Lucifer make peace and amenadiel goes to do what he's been meant to do which is go be god and then very also a very contentious relationship you have lucifer's goodbye with Maze. what do you think of all that
0: well first of all i love the dialogue that amenadiel has and his ideas about becoming god Mm -hmm. i love the idea that he says he's going to work with his fellow angels he says that one of their father's biggest not mistakes but one of the things he's never liked was that his dad was so standoffish and he's like no i want input and I, then he says i got an even better idea let's have the angels spend some time out on earth and have them walk amongst the humans like we did and get a better idea and then when he gets co-signed into a co-owner as looks and he says in fact we're gonna have them work here bartenders and bouncers and everything and, and yeah it's like that is such a great idea and i love that and i love how even lucifer's like wow you're you're already coming up with some amazing ideas excellent work and i love the scene between them when he says tell our tell our brothers and sisters you have my blessing to be god there's no joking about on it there's no will if you go take my job no lucifer is so serious and he says i give you my blessing to take over this position because we all knew amenadiel was going to get the job i mean mm-hmm. i'm sorry mm-hmm. we knew that lucifer was not going to ascend as god we knew that amenadiel was going to get the position sure I also got to say, I now understand why they cast Rob Benedict as Vincent Lamech. I brought this up in the last review we did when they brought in uh, Lamech. Rob Benedict is a comedic actor who's been in a handful of things. Mark, we saw him in uh, Birds of Prey from eons ago when we reviewed that. And he also played a prophet who was later revealed to be God himself in Supernatural. But he's always been a very silly comedic style actor. And when I saw him and the end of season five brought in as a french uh assassin this cold blooded killer i'm like what the hell is rob benedict doing in this role but watching this episode i am convinced they cast him because they knew that this was what they were going to do because when he when dan takes over his body and he drops the french accent uh, rob benedict for the record was actually born in columbia missouri so he is not French.
4: That was it, very apparent from the accent.
0: Obviously. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh-huh, oh, Maldi- yeah! I know his <laughs> accent is terrible. No, I thought they were gonna but yeah, the way he takes over and the way he acts towards the cash, uh, the cashier and Trixie. I, I even that little scene where uh, Trixie's grilling. I was like, "What's my favorite game? What do I want to be when I'm president? What you know? What's my favorite meal?" He does that so well, and I'm just like this is why you cast Rob Bennett as the role, because you knew you were going to need this scene. Just that
3: camera thing there. They swung the camera again, and he goes from being Lamech back to Dan again.
0: That is a great take. I've seen that done Mm -hmm. in a couple of other movies, and it is Mm -hmm. really well done. They even did a good job, I think, blending their voices, Mm because, I mean, they start, and like uh, Lamech ends one sentence, and then Dan picks up the other one. But the way they're talking, it's not terribly abrupt. It's done very well. Now, Dan gets the most emotional scenes in this whole season. I can't believe we actually didn't talk about the scene a few episodes ago where he gets to say goodbye to Chloe. I was crying so (laughs) hard during that scene when time runs out and he disappears and Chloe doesn't realize he's still in the kitchen. And she's like, if you're still there, if you can hear me. And he can't do anything. I was bawling. It was so touching. And yeah, the scene where he essentially makes peace with his daughter so to speak mm-hmm. and he finds out that he she has no she she he's his greatest regret his guilt was feeling that he didn't do that good of a job as a father and to have Trixie say my dad was the greatest father in the world and everything that is good about me came from him was so so touching you know it was well, like a really great scene
4: what was that I said, God damn it, you're gonna get me going now.
3: This is to all go cameras off, and then they'll be Dave going, <laughs> It's like,
0: yeah, it's so... kind of like cameras off, and all of a sudden, we're all, it's like we're all leaving the theater after watching Coco.
3: <laughs> then they'll be Dave going, My thoughts on Star Trek.
4: Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you like Just does me in like nobody's business.
1: <laughs> well, do you, do you want Star Trek, or do you want the history of the Tongue Dynasty? I Charlie want Lucifer, go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, Well, if you guys want to cry, I'll 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 do the Amazon Music.
3: uh, (laughs) Well, well, if you are going to cry, you should download "Don't Cry Out Loud" on Amazon. Fuck you, set me up. I'm just going with it now on uh, AmazonMusic.com, of which we are we've got a link in the uh, we've got a link in the description of the podcast. Get amazonmusiccom w 2 m slash w 2 network for a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Unlimited uh, service. All right, go ahead, David. Okay,
1: yeah, I, I think most of the ground has been covered. One thing I will I will add is uh, the way that they did the light of heaven coming to Dan mm-hmm. was really well done. Just very, just subtly bringing it in, like you know, you don't even perceive it, and then you're like, oh wait, you know, it's getting brighter, right? You're like, oh, this, this is it. You know, this is this is the moment. Mm -hmm.
2: yeah at
0: first you probably just think like there's like a lighting change or like the lights are coming on in the park or something and then all of a sudden you realize no wait that's something else
1: yeah it's it's very you're the lobster in the pot as they turn the the heat up on you you know you don't notice it until it's too late sort of
4: thing Mm -hmm. but
0: wow how did you take the light of heaven (laughs) to being boiled alive in a pot
4: it's subtle i would bring more like (laughs) shit did gg abram show up and start lighting the scene <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad i can
3: still tell what's going hang on. on god damn it
0: i was gonna ask <laughs> for you, you to play that if you did
1: <laughs> okay maybe, maybe i went a little too hard on that analogy but yeah but but then of course you you go from the you know dan has ascended into heaven
3: they're like oh shit Mm-hmm. We're back and, then, to Lamech, yeah, and he's,
1: yeah, he's standing still... right next to his daughter
3: I was so afraid for that child like I know right when you forget you're watching a fiction and suddenly you're like Oh, what's gonna happen you know that poor child and like thankfully yeah. nothing
1: like I, like I was kind of expecting it would be Trixie would have been the one to be kidnapped right. at the end that, and that's why Lucifer has to go to save Trixie and that, that explains
3: that everything smile, that about. wicked smile on his face is certainly what they were alluding to it I'm like no not Trixie anyone but Trixie and then they still you know knifey wings so let's
0: like, face it the show would have ended a lot better if it was Trixie who had been kidnapped not Rory
3: I don't agree with that I because yeah, of, um, because, because of that. because of what Rory has to do in that scene you need Rory to be there yeah though, um,
1: though speaking of Rory just before I forget this point like the, the yeah. bit where Chloe's just going crazy after she discovers that Rory has knife wings and she thinks it's <laughs> some sort of manifestation of great. her uh of her her, her abandonment issues and feeling, you know, weak and defenseless, so she manifests knife wings. And she's telling him, I mean, many of you listen, he's just like, she's got knife wings? That is so cool!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, fan fiction.
3: Mm-hmm. That, that is just, such a parent thing, though. That, well, like, a, the show gets a little X-Many at times, you know, like... You know, they, they they all start having superpowers and whatnot. And hers is she's fucking archangel from uh <laughs> from Inferno or some shit. Yeah. Right, and I was expecting someone to Kitty. ask, can you shoot them?
0: to <laughs> so she's also apparently Kitty Pride from Days of Future Past.
3: <laughs> uh, she's
4: all the X Men. She's all the Jedi. Please move. Stop me, Andrew. Um... <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll jump in for one second on one point on what Dave said there. That is actually when when that scene happened where where Chloe's like trying to figure out if that's a projection of. abandonment issues that is such a parent's thing to do Mm -hmm. yeah because it's like when either one of my kids does something negative and i can immediately see that it's a personality trait that they share with me i'm like oh shit poor children
3: my uh my son has been arguing with his teacher of late and my wife every time that this happens and she tells me the story looks at me and goes you did this he is here (laughs) (laughs) and i said i know
0: this is why i worry if andre and i ever have kids because it's going to be like you realize that we're about the it's like we're going to create the most stubborn pain in the ass human beings <laughs> on the planet
3: it's the parental curse yeah. yeah
1: someday you will have a child just like you in the line, you know the,
3: the 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 mother's curse is your children will have brain damage just like you did Along those lines. All right. I was
0: thinking more about Robin Williams talking about how his parents are up in heaven laughing their asses off at him dealing with his kids.
3: <laughs> partners till the end. Um, after finding out that Lamech has Rory captured, Lucifer decides to go save her like you would with Chloe tagging along because all fucking season long they've been arguing about lying and keeping secrets and not being partners and being partners and finally we have to resolve this stupid plot point. So she goes. When Lucifer and Chloe reach the location Chloe gets stabbed as per usual, but she manages to survive. uh, Lucifer asks Lamech to shoot him, but Rory breaks free and almost kills Lamech with her devil face almost taking over her real face. But Lucifer convinces her not to kill him. Chloe arrives and shoots Lamech. Seconds before his death, Lamech reveals to Lucifer that Dan made it to heaven. After telling Chloe and Rory this news, Rory realizes that he left to redeem all the lost souls in hell. Rory makes Lucifer promise to keep things the way they will be in the future. Lucifer and Chloe have an emotional goodbye before Lucifer sets off for hell. After a while, it is shown that everyone is happy with Dan and Charlotte reunited in heaven, which was awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Twenty years later, Chloe has an emotional goodbye with Rory before dying and goes to heaven. I met a deal who is now the, uh, the new god, takes Chloe to hell and reunites her with Lucifer, who is now a therapist redeeming lost souls in the replica of Linda's office in hell. So two things, and then I'll, I'll let you guys finish up and we'll get out of here. Um, you know, the, the show, the show's uh, photography can be a little flat at times. Um, it, you know, this was a Fox show originally. This is not exactly the ruse over the shooting high art here. Um, I say that because in contrast, the kiss on the throne of hell is just magic. It's wonderfully shot. They really, t- you know, they knew what they were doing with that scene. And they were like, if we've shot anything with any kind of competence, we need to really hit this one out of the park. And I think it was very successful. The camera's swinging around the throne and it goes from where they are to the throne. And, you know, they're having a very romantic, magical goodbye kiss. And it's, you know, I, I kind of have my daughter's reaction to on screen romance where it's just like, mm-hmm, what the fuck on with it already. And here I was like, nope, this was earned. This was absolutely earned and it was great to watch and, you know, and good for them. Um, We talked about this with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So the Shield. Just kidding, Alexis. I swear to God, just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bingo, <laughs> there it is. Flirt <laughs> I was looking for. Um, we talked about with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A, a big thing for me, theme wise, is re- you know redemption and um, forgiveness and wanting to do better and all of that. And Lucifer. And as I said a, f- a few minutes ago in the podcast, a big thing that the show deals with is. You know one's purpose, and is it pre-, pre preordained or is it something that you can create? And Lucifer suddenly realizing that hell is all fucked up, and what it needs is a healer. It, he needs to help people ascend to heaven, not trap them there forever, torturing them and punishing them for the sins that they did. And that's brilliant. Um, Lucifer, after six seasons trying to you know figure out what he wants to be when he grows up, uh, was really magical for me. Um, that touched me, that resonated with me. And I, and it made some of the low points of this show where I was rolling my eyes and playing with my phone on TikTok. Um, uh, just more, uh, it was well, well worth the ride, Alexis. It was well worth the ride. And um, like I said, seeing Dan with Charlotte made my heart swell. Um, you know, seeing her Chloe and Lucifer reunited in hell After all this time, seeing Rory, who started as such a shitty character, come to the realization that her father was doing doing the right thing and finding love for him, all of this stuff. It was like, wow, everything is exactly where it needed to be for this to be a successful series finale. So way to go, Hollywood. Way to go. Your thoughts on this final episode and whatever else you want to say before we close out.
0: I agree. Like I mentioned earlier, I really love that they gave – uh, a decent blog to so many of the characters mm-hmm. uh, we forgot to mention in the previous episode that uh, lucifer sets up the um the foundation
2: yeah and yeah Ella's
0: yeah. name uh for stem which was awesome and i love that she continues that she's still with carol they're you know doing things like that that's great i love that they see that chloe's made lieutenant that officer harris has gone on to become a detective um anyone else kind of just lose it during the scene when Charlie's angel wings show up, and you see a minute, Linda in a minute reaction. There. and they're like, Yes, <laughs> it was awesome. I love it because, and Linda's still just too shocked to do anything about it.
1: Can <laughs> I get the bubble wrap out? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you get to see where uh, Chloe comes home with baby Rory and Mae and Eva there, and they gift her her very first. Knife. I love
1: that here you can have stabby
0: (laughs) no um I even it's a little minor thing but it really made me happy to see that one of the patients so to speak that Lucifer is working with in hell is Lamech Mm -hmm. we have uh he's we have three people down there one is a, a girl we've never seen before the other one is Reese who I think was in, hang on a second. I think it was in uh, Season 3. Yeah, we saw his hell loop. Lucifer's helping him. And Lamech's there. And I love the light. It's like, oh, you know, it's like, if it doesn't work, you can shoot him in the face. And Lucifer's like, no shooting in the face. We clearly need to work with you a little bit more. (laughs) But still, that's really good. I like it when he ordered
1: him French pastries. Yeah, Yeah, that
0: was great. He's like, there's the donuts. I got you pastries. Even the fact that he created his office to look like Linda's office Mm -hmm. was so touching. The idea that that's where he feels the comfort and where he knows he can find his strength really like that i just really hope that when um chloe showed up he kicked all those uh souls out before they turned on the in-session light
3: <laughs> nope they made him watch <laughs> of orange
4: i took out a turkey somehow <laughs>
3: <laughs> um anything else alexis before we close up for the night
0: again this is not my favorite season of the series uh there were a lot of flaws Uh, there were a lot of parts where it's clear that the writers wanted to bring in some elements that hadn't been touched on before that they really should have done prior there's a lot of things that they didn't know what to do with i mentioned before the whole thing with the corruption and the i mean we we get a little bit of a clean up with that when we see that uh, chloe's now lieutenant and harris is the detective so we have to assume that chloe has gone in and helped clean up the precinct but again it's not really a, you know talked about it's not really looked right. at and yeah that's kind of annoying but it was a re- still a really really good finale and right. I did enjoy it.
4: Great. Andrew, wrap it up. Solid, solid finale. I mean, you know, I think we talked about a little bit. We made allusions to where series tripped, but this one really did nail it in terms of wrapping up all the various arcs of the characters. I think in terms of, you know, kind of favorite moments, I think that conversation between Chloe, Lucifer, and, um, and Rory kind of talking about, the fact that this is both your purpose, but it's also your choice as well. And bringing together those elements of the show and those character arcs and you know, Lucifer accepting this is what he needs to do works really well. And then I think the the follow-on um, kind of montage where you find out what happens in the meantime, which mm-hmm. if I remember right, it was such a Radiohead song. Am I right on that one?
0: Uh, it was a cover of Champagne Supernova.
4: Yeah, which I... One of my other favorite songs in this entire series was Lucifer's cover A "Creep," so I thought that was kind of a nice touch. And again, you get to roll through kind of everyone's everyone's epilogues. Dan's epilogue, the wings were great, um, and then you know just have the reunion at the end, and you get to see Lucifer, you know, trying to help people recover. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't call back to this because, on some level, that's kind of his named intent. Samael is his original name was Lightbringer, Mm -hmm. as his morning starts, both allusions to bringing light. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't touch on that one a little bit more. And I mean, even, you know, Lucifer puts the, the, the button on the series. It's like, well, if the devil himself can be redeemed, then so can you. Sure. But uh, no, I've really enjoyed this show. You know, I think on some level it has been greater than some of its parts a lot of the time. Really great cast, really g- great chemistry. I'd say a lot of the dialogue has always worked very well. Um, I don't know the next time I'll revisit it, but you know, certainly a really well earned ride.
3: All right, David, take
1: me home, baby doll. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad this was the last season. I think they've 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 you know used their premise to the max. You know, we we've, we've gone through every celestial drama that we can reasonably hope to go through. So you know, th- this was the time, wrap it up, finish strong, don't uh, don't stretch it
3: out. Season seven, they bring in a lot and he's doing a sex child trafficking ring or some shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we 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 don't we don't well, don't yeah, we've we've gone far enough with it. We've done Lucifer's Dance dad, Lucifer's mom, mom, Lucifer's evil twin brother, Lucifer's <laughs> daughter from the future. Like yeah, it's right. it's kind of like we've yeah, we're we're out of those, and and yeah, like I I am worried over how many seasons Cobra Kai is getting at this moment. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just like I'm not really sure there's another three seasons of good story left in that show. Great show, but you know there there's only so much you can stretch a premise. But that's yes. that's for another podcast. Um, so yeah, it was good. I mean, yeah, like Tom Ellis, just fantastic job playing Lucifer. Like he's he's right up there, with sort of Dudley Moore as far as. You know, like devils that you know. If the devil were real, I kind of wish, you know, that would be the devil you meet.
3: Yeah, it you was know. kind of the bo- part he was born to play. I'll be curious to see what he does. Yeah.
1: next. yeah. Well, just brief shout out. like you know, from my own readings of the Bible, the devil's not really in it that much. Like Christians mm. really seem to make a big deal out of the devil, where he's he's not really that big of a deal. He's not this evil, malignant force. I mean, he he makes a bit of trouble, but you know, it's like it's he, he he's a tempter. Like it's his job to kind of you know mess people. With people love a about. villain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a trickster, not so much as this malevolent force to right. like cause evil, but anyway, we're you know, we're getting a little off track there. But uh yeah, like I thought again with how heavy the all cops are bastards thing that they added in like it was a bit you know, the level of setup that was given for that versus the level mm-hmm. of payoff, I thought it just didn't really match up. Yeah. And you know that that was definitely a stumbling point where it, it just didn't work for how little time it was given as a thing like that is a, you know, we're starting another five season arc on, you know, <laughs> cleaning up the police. Well, that, that's basically an entire show. Like would yeah. just cleaning and cleaning up a police department, but it's
0: like law and order SVU already did this.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of thing. So that was kind of a little bit of like, Oh, they didn't do much, but yeah, everyone kind of ended up in, in a good place and all working. I, I thought the set for the throne room in heaven was pretty tacky. Like it, it didn't look that. It was cool great. to see the
0: Silver City finally, though. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. The external shot of the Silver City was fantastic. Like, yeah, that is a cool, cool depiction of heaven. But when you actually get into the actual throne room, it's like this,
3: it kind of looks cheap, guys. It right, looks yeah.
0: like, I was going to say, it looks like something from the never-ending story.
3: I kind of yeah. wish they hadn't showed it, actually.
1: Yeah, it was, exactly. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I I like what they did with sort of Amenadiel ascending the throne, and then, like, once everyone kneels and then they stand up, the throne's gone. Sort of his... Mm. You know, we, yeah. we are now we are
4: now celestial e- equals, basically. Yeah, knights
3: of the Round Table.
4: There's yeah, one other there's... shot that bugged me during that sequence. <laughs> Go for it. When, when Amenadiel reaches out to take Chloe's hand to take her down, you can obviously see that the inside of his bracer is Velcro. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Velcro is awesome. I'm like, oh, that doesn't... You could put God likes Velcro! Yeah, but yeah. when it's supposed to be armor, like, I have a, I have a bone <laughs> brace in the other room, and it's like, no, that doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, the, the goodbye for Rory in the past, I, I was actually quite surprised they showed her dematerializing. I was expecting just off-camera, bright light. And then they did a decent job of, of of the emotional, you know, baggage or lifting of of that scene. That would, you know, it, it it worked pretty good. Yeah, like, like it, it's a very unique show, taking like a police buddy cop procedural and it's like, oh, and the other one's the devil, and there's also all the celestial stuff going on. So hilarity ensues. It, yeah, points points for originality and creativity, and for the most part, pulling it off. So yeah, I'm I'm glad I watched it. We enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a show I will constantly revisit, but yeah, it was. If you're looking for something to to pass the time, it's it's a good watch.
3: All right, um, just real quick plugs because we are at the two hour mark, a little past it. So it's gonna wrap this up. Uh, myself, speaking of two hour podcast, myself, Pat Mullen and Chris Bailey today did our uh, mania of Wrestlemania yeah. six and seven. That's up now. Um, myself and uh, what's his face? Robert Winfrey. We did a triple feature, three westerns cry Macho. Hell or High Water and Concrete Cowboy, and we kicked off the week with a re-airing of The Magnificent Seven from a few years ago, plus, 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 uh, a review of Andrew WK's God, speaking of which, God is partying, which Andrew WK retweeted, much to my shock <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> and fear, given what I said on that particular review. <laughs> but thanks, Andrew WK. Um, and Kat Dennings, I'm still waiting for you to re- t- to answer my tweet. I need to know things. Anyway, um, <laughs> tomorrow, um, tomorrow, Andrew, hey, we're talking about Thomas Hearns tomorrow. I know you enjoy our boxing podcast. So oh, we yeah, are due- are excellent. Yeah, Thomas Hearns is tomorrow. That's Chapter 4, wow. and then we start getting into the fights uh, next month and you know, into next year. So check out uh, Pat and I talking about the history of the Four Kings of Boxing, Thomas Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, Alvin Hagler, and um, Berto Duran, who punched out a horse. And uh, speaking of punching out a horse, myself and Chris Bailey, in theory, will be reviewing this past night's episode of AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, which took place at the former Mets stadium, which is now called Author, Author Ash. All right, Alexis Haina, you sell jewelry to the masses. What's the name of your company and where can they find you?
0: Honeysuckle Rose Creations where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic like Mark mentioned at the beginning of this podcast and if you've listened to this entire thing kudos I just wrapped up my final uh comic con of the season at Cincinnati comic expo it was a wonderful show we're always happy to be out there uh We might be doing some uh, minor little one-day shows here over the next uh, month or so. We actually don't have anything on the schedule. So for now, the best way to find us is through our Etsy and handmade at Amazon shops. We're currently restocking a bunch of items, and I'm working on getting a bunch of new stuff. We want to have a ton of brand-new products in time for the Black Friday sale. It's not even October yet, and i got to think about Black Friday. Shoot me now. And as always, you can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, plug wise, I should add that uh, we're still working on uh, getting our next episode of Tripto Trivia recorded. We're going to be discussing Mark. What was that?
3: That was me going. Yes, talk about that.
0: I I just saw this, and it was just like, "What were you swiping at?" <laughs> like karate <after> chopping. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's my bet. <bad. laughs>
0: uh we will hopefully be recording that soon uh between my travels and my co-host jesse starcher having a few things he had to take care of uh we haven't talked about it in a while i should probably reach out to him here pretty soon are you nodding or head banging
3: Both. <laughs> talk to Jesse Starcher immediately sorry go ahead
0: <laughs> well that's not getting out of my head <laughs> uh, okay, yes, hopefully we will have that recorded soon. So, Tripped Up trip, Trivia, Horror Edition. Um, I think we have enough contestants, but if you are interested uh, in playing, if you are a big Halloween nut and horror movie aficionado like I am, reach out to uh, the Rattleship Broadcasting Network on either Facebook or Twitter. Let us know if you'd like to play. And again, Honeysuckle Rose Creations. The intersection of geek and cheek. Find us on Etsy and handmade at Amazon.
3: All right, Andrew. I hear you roll around on mats with sweaty men. Where do you do this <laughs> at?
4: <laughs> Never, haven't heard a phrase that way in a while. But I do train at uh, Esteem and Havoc Martial Arts, Uh and Havoc we uh, They are located in uh, Calgary, Alberta, here, and are open with uh, with health restrictions in place. Uh, new schedules just been put up on the Facebook page. They're available through. Uh, facebook twitter instagram tiktok all your major platforms um other thing to plug is i mentioned a little bit earlier but uh one of the instructors there jay cooper uh does have a podcast himself called bang of the hound where he does talk to a number of different figures within the martial arts community Uh, those are really interesting podcasts if if you're definitely into that thing and uh otherwise we hope to see you out there guys thank you very much all right David. sorry next podcast will be me and mark Veteran Remembrance Day Band of Brothers.
3: Yes, that is correct. All right, David, is there anything you want to plug real quick? If not, let we're going to call it a night.
1: Yeah, just very quickly. So I guess I'm back next next month for all things Dune. Yeah, buddy. So, yeah, so I'll be uh, making, I believe, my on-trial debut prosecuting the David Lynch Dune movie. And then following that, I'll be on the Damn You Hollywood talking about the new Denis Villeneuve Dune. Uh, other than that, probably be on for most mar- things Marvel, and uh, we'll see how it goes from there.
3: All and right. of course,
1: Star Trek retrospective coming November, probably. Yes,
3: when around uh, the, the week that Discovery is season four, five, 12 is de- debuting. Whichever so if you're that? looking
1: for some good Star Trek content at that time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us for as uh, long as we've run this thing. Um, for Andrew Graham, David Wright, and Alexis Hanna, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.